0: Hey, how you doing? My name is Joey Galvez, and I'm here to invite you to head on over to the 143 Podcast Network to check out all our shows that range from collecting, music, all things geek, all under one roof, right here on the 143 Podcast Network, partnering with Age of Radio. Check us out. Cheers. Cheers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the Cheers Comics Podcast, where two of your friends are going to kick back a cold one and talk about their favorite comics of the week, including characters, creators, news, and anything else underneath our illustrated sun. Our show will contain spoilers and may have some adult themes and language some parents might not find suitable for their children. So if you're cool with that, then join me, one of your hosts, Justin Jones. And the special Inspector, Brian Wang.
1: Yo! How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Well, it's been a busy week. We gave you guys some extras last week, and yeah. we're already back. Whew. I've been behind a microphone a lot, man. I'm enjoying giving you guys our thoughts on stuff that you, I would hope to have some sort of interest in.
0: As you know, I don't really watch a whole lot of things. It's just not my choice of medium. So. Yeah. I really wasn't hyped up for Alita, I knew it was a thing, but after listening to you and Mason, I I, I wanted to see this film now.
1: It was good, man, I suggest everybody see it, but that's what we talked about a couple days ago, let's get on to officially episode 20, man, where the numbers are...
0: Yeah, milestone.
1: Yeah, here we go, episode 20. Uh, Oh, what are we drinking this week? We are, it was my turn to pick. Unfiltered Wheat Beer, It's a classy name, from Boulevard Brewing Company. It's Good. It is good. It's a uh, it's an unfiltered wheat beer, and it is from Boulevard Brewing Company. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Uh, it's a cool can is what it is. It's black and gold, and I can't read anything on it because it's open. And if Kansas, I, Kansas City. Kansas City. There we go. Okay, yeah. right on. So shout out to Kansas City for... Yeah, thanks for the good beer. Yeah, man. Maybe they'll give us some views on Todd Bean and light up that map. We don't have Kansas lit up yet. So, we're drinking your beer. You can listen to our podcast. Exactly. Yes. Uh, free advertisement. All for nothing. Because we like stuff. We do. Um, what kind of news you got? News. Oh, man. You shot me an article and I immediately giggled as soon as I saw the, the title.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I saw this and I was like, oh, yeah, that explains it. So, CosmicBookNews.com. That's CosmicBookNews.com. There's some more free advertisement for you, but you're going to love this. Sucks. Because they <laughs> they put out a terrible, terrible, terrible article, just clickbaity as hell, that was everywhere I looked when I opened up the internet, mm-hmm. explaining how Marvel or Disney is getting ready to pull Marvel Comics, because it's tanking, and blah, 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 blah. Well, if you look at comic book sales, uh, Marvel is winning. The race, if it is a race, they're in the lead. So, I, I I think comic book sales are higher than they've been in a very long time, and they're just continuing to climb. That's good news. Uh, Yeah, it is. So, I think the point is, is that don't believe everything you hear, especially and really don't believe anything you hear from Cosmic Book News. The site is pure clickbait. It seems like it would be a reputable source because it's got a cool name. It got me. I mean, I obviously knew that was a bad headline. If anything, I continue to follow them just to know what to debunk for you guys. Okay. And yeah, I was sent
0: to you because it was just popped up as one yeah. recommended news article. We'll yeah, just kind of skimmed through it.
1: Know, it made change. me sweat for a second because I didn't really look to see immediately that it was Cosmic Book News until yeah. I clicked on it. And then when that popped up, I was like, Ah, yeah, okay. No, I don't even think I need to read this article to debunk it. And I still read the article, which was complete just laughableness. For comics
0: are in danger,
1: they're cutting back, they're all yeah. going to shut down. Yeah, and it seems, like over and over you're hearing that. Like, we heard the whole thing with DC about, oh, we're cutting back, you know, to New 22. Completely came back debunked. And right. S- guys, comic books are doing great. I wouldn't, I, I'm not a dumb guy, I wouldn't start doing a comic book podcast in the middle of a decline. Like, I know I'm not single-handedly going to save raise comics. the save comics, <laughs> even though the goal for us is to raise the awareness of comics and help increase numbers, we ain't going to do it on our own. So, but we're also going to do everything we can to discredit the people that are trying to move us backwards, and Cosmic Book News is that place. We're not bad about, ta- we're not about talking bad about things, but when it comes to things that are doing absolutely no good for anybody, uh, those journalists are just, I don't know how they sleep at night, man. I really don't. but whatever Mm -hmm. it's the National Enquirer of comic books next time another article pops up I will read it with a level of uh, skepticism as well you should Uh, the other piece of happenings uh, I think it was just announced today that Mike Diodoro Jr. is leaving Marvel after 20 some years what is it like 26 years I believe it's a lot of years it's a lot of years and he's going to his last project for Marvel will be something extremely exciting and that's going to be the Savage Avengers which yeah. is just a massive I mean it's oh, it's like a fun team Conan Venom uh, Wolverine the couple Frank of, Castle Frank Castle it's good stuff man and a couple it looks like Electro's on there yeah good stuff but that's going to be his, last, his farewell after 24 years and he's going to start but he's not retiring from comics it actually gets this is good news because now he's going to start working on creator-owned shit
0: that's awesome! I'm excited to
1: see what he comes so, up with. Yeah, man, this is anytime a big name that's been tied to a publisher like that steps away to do creator-owned stuff. You know, and it's that stuff's been brewing up for 24 years. Right? right? He's got 24 years of stories that he's been holding back yeah. because he doesn't want Marvel to sniff around. The whole cabinet of unused ideas. Oh yeah, my man. gosh! So that's that's great news. That is great news. But I think that's really. All the news that I'm going to talk about. Uh, oh, we got some giveaways happening. We're almost to the 100 followers on the Twitter. Yeah, thank
0: you, guys. That's awesome. Um, yeah, man.
1: It was a big boost last week. We didn't expect it to get there this quick. We're not going to lie. We all are these weeks. very humbled. It is our biggest week. Very, very, very humbled. Uh, so with that being said, we've got a few more, and we have the details on Twitter and all that, but we're giving away the signed Chuck Palahniuk Fight Club 3 number one variant. And it's even got the little doodle on there that I asked him to draw, and he did it for free for me. But I'm just going to give it away to you guys, because we truly, truly appreciate your stuff. And we have lots of other giveaways, too. And uh, we'll talk more about it at the end, because I don't want to spoil it, because it's all going to tie into this in a very well-thought-out manner. Just kidding. It just came to me how cool I could tie all this in. So I'm not going to talk about it yet. But there's more giveaway talk to come. We're not done giving, baby. We're not done giving.
0: Anything else before we dive into some delicious books?
1: Uh, no. No, I think... And do you have anything else? No. Alright, well, this is the overview for a portion of the books that were read that were released on February 27th. There's a lot of books out. There was a lot of books, but we kind of trimmed a little bit of fat this week.
0: Stuff that we couldn't really dive into, we couldn't really explain,
1: just... Yeah, it would be straight... Stuff stuff we couldn't really chew on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not bad stuff by any means, but at the same time, it's just... we got a lot of podcasts, and we don't want to waste any of your guys' valuable time. So, let's dive into it. Fight Club 3, number 2, Chuck Palahniuk and Cameron Stewart, covered by David Mack. Tell me about uh, some Fight Club. <laughs> okay, well, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- this book is very, very weird. You have to be a detective to... Read all of this. I don't think we're going to... I don't think there's going to be any resolution to anything until the last page of issue 12. Oh, yeah? I really don't. I think in the meantime it's going to be a complete mindfuck. It's how Nick rolls. I, I've come to that conclusion. I have faith in the story. Reading this book month to month is becoming... <laughs> After just two issues, I'm I'm a little overwhelmed. Yeah, and I mean, I've,
0: I've heard sounds like a good trade book.
1: Well, but here's the deal: is it's not a good trade book. And uh... No? Polinik came out to explain why you don't wait for this book in trade. When I had the chance to meet him a couple weeks ago, I I actually asked him, you know, uh, a couple of questions and. With that, some answers came out to explain the marketing tactic with this book, Mm -hmm. one of them being the calendar that's involved uh, through each, as you can see here, through the first issue of January, now we're in February, it's not, okay, 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 it is March, February, Um, Dark Horse will put out their first ever calendar and it's going to be based off the pages of the issued release book, but more importantly is on the inside cover of every book we have this segment called Ask Misinformation. Mm -hmm. Now, at first glance, you look at it and you're like, well, this is just random as shit. This is just about some very, very bitter human being of a journalist that's just shitting on humanity and is just very, very jaded and just all about, oh, this seems like something Project Mayhem would do. Uh, I th- okay, fuck. Something might have just dawned on me. I don't know. There's just so much. I, I read this book three times, just like I read Issue One five times, and I feel I feel stupid after reading these types of books. But the, my point with the misinformation part was, is apparently as irrelevant as both of these have seemed so far through the first two issues, yeah. Polinick has come out to say that in the trade, they, they will not be featured in this, and this is a key, key part to piecing the whole story together.
0: Oh. Uh, so uh, it's a
1: marketing tactic on top of everything. Now. I was going to wait for this for
0: trade. You
1: don't. You can't. You can't, Dark Horse got you there, got us, got me, I mean, I'm in, I'm I'm a forever follower of Fight Club. Hi, right, Dark Horse, you, you hear this? This is the sound of you got me. <laughs> yeah. Alright. But yeah, no, it's, uh, That's so there, I do have some frustrations with how they're going about doing this, but at the same time, you gotta realize it's Chuck Palahniuk, you're not familiar with Chuck Palahniuk, I'm slightly familiar with Chuck Palahniuk, I know this dude's rating is as unique as it comes. It is very frustrating. Yeah,
0: I've heard nothing but praise but from at you. The same and frustration. Time, uh,
1: exactly, it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how to how to put it into a metaphor without sounding completely disgusting. Uh, just like, I mean, it would suit well for a Polonick metaphor. Is just one of those like
0: sadistic joys, kind of like Dark Souls, where you know, you're like, it frustrates you.
1: You can't stay away. The, yes, no, this is this is a book for a masochist reader. Yeah. Okay. It really is. It is. I but I, I have full faith in the payout though. I do. I think I remember the payout in the end of the movie. Let me see the not I mean, it's just the best to me it's my favorite ending in all of film is the ending of Fight Club. When you hear Pixie's Where is My Mind playing as Project Mayhem takes down those buildings yeah. Like that is my my favorite ending scene in all of film.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's one of the most memorable for sure.
1: So with that being, I have faith in I have faith in the end. It's just it's gonna be a long year. Did he write the script for the movie? Oh uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I think it was Fincher. Okay. I think Fincher directed and wrote it. Okay. But it was clearly based off the novel. So yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, but um, yeah no I. I hate this book. <laughs> it's a love hate relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh,
0: would you recommend it to people out? there?
1: No. <laughs>
0: what if they're already Fight Club fans? If
1: you're a Fight Club fan, absolutely. If you're a follower of Polanick, absolutely. But if I were to say, "Hey, this is this is what comic books are," mm-hmm. I'd lie to you.
0: Oh no, I, it doesn't. It doesn't sound anything I've heard. Like it'd be like, "Hey, I'm gonna get you into comics," unless maybe you're a huge Fight Club nerd.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that would be the only, the only medium would be through Fight Club, I think, really, or Choke, if you're a fan of Choke, the movie, but this isn't Choke, this is Fight Club, it's different, and Choke, what, different. choke was weird, but not nearly as, as skewed as Fight Club was. Well, that, that's kind of Fight Club's whole thing, is to, like,
0: mess with you, like, well, what is real, you know, yeah, it's about a schizophrenic. Guy who makes a pipe club and then it's right. very and that's
1: so hard to do without a freaking narrator, man, because it's a book. Like you can't have that voice because you can't decipher the two voices between the two. You can't decipher Brad Pitt and Edward Norton because it's. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's right lettering,
1: but but, but that take away from the story. Exa- yeah, yeah. That would take away from exactly. the mystery. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So as it's told in a very, de- it's frustrating, but I like it at the end. I do. It's. I, I really do. It doesn't sound like I'm sounding sincere. It's just yeah, I don't like me. I don't like sounding dumb, and I I feel dumb after reading. Just like I felt with Mr. Miracle, as yeah. good as it was, it's like ah, this is just so so well, not comic book.
0: Maybe, maybe I should pick this one up, and then maybe I'll have something to to add to the conversation next. Oh, would next you?
1: Time. Because this is somebody. This is a so discussion. This to is catch a discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're only system. three issues in. Like, two issues. Two issues in. Yeah.
0: Okay, we're only two issues in. Yeah. I can catch up on two issues, for sure. I can do that. And there's
1: no, almost no, hardly any dialogue. You just I have mean, to I really did, decipher all these If finals. I can find
0: the back issues, then I will read this.
1: I hope to send you home with them. I think I have a book around here that's not signed by Polonik somewhere. i take <laughs> <laughs> <a good> one good ones. <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, uh, Image Comics.
0: Uh, Gary Witta at it again.
1: And Derek Robertson, along with Diego Rodriguez. And Derek Robertson did this cover. Oliver, number two, from Image Comics. Uh, this was your recommendation that caught me on.
0: Yeah, I like Widow's writing. You um, want to
1: flip through this? You can be the sure, man in charge. I got my notes here.
0: So we start off with uh, one of the men from the camp on the previous one. Starts
1: right? out hardcore. Just immediate hardcore yeah. chase got scene, him running, violence.
0: Sweating, and we've got this like SWAT tactical. They almost look like... Well, they look like TIE fighter pilots, really, but they're chasing him down. They, they shoot him in the kneecap, and they catch him, and they have a little, quick little interrogation scene. And now we know why all these same-looking men were in this ratty little town. Apparently, the world isn't a post-apocalyptic event. Apparently, these were people who were, what do they call them, intro-venus, or uh, um, intro...
1: IVCS. Uh, yeah.
0: Intro-vetal... Something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, 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 they're clones. I mean, they were they were created for combat. They were made. They were made, they
1: born. Like they're test tube dudes. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Whatever war they had is done, and now. They are a danger to society, so they're all kept in not quite a concentration camp, but their own little settlement where but they're the, forced to work and barely pay. But it's
1: a nuclear fallout center, and because of their genetics, they're able to withstand this th- this environment, which is, which oh, is a I key separation that. of all. That. Yeah, okay. all well, right. that, that that's why Oliver's part in here is so key, is because he's a a half right, a half right, ring, right. which is completely condemned we'll to suicide. Yeah,
0: so we got them in interrogation. They, so he he broke out you know, he escaped and there's only one punishment for that and that's death. Mm-hmm. But he says he has information so he's willing to he's willing to squeal. Oh and he squeals.
1: And oh and then they look, oh and he's got the chip in him and well, they he cut, cut that yeah, out. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. More,
0: yeah yeah. So long story short they have uh, a quick conversation. Apparently he spills the beans about Oliver Oliver as we now find out. Is a half breed. He is half IVC with a with a normal human woman. This
1: is two year. This take this issue takes two years after the first issue. Only two
0: years. He's already full grown man. So, some some kind of like a young man. But well, I mean, but it goes to show he he is about eight, seventeen, eighteen, like
1: that. And he was like seven or nine in the first issue. Right, right. So I mean, it's in two years he's aged like eight years. Right. So you automatic like by then timing that out you realize what's He's up on this way too quickly.
0: Yeah. Well, now we found out that maybe that's probably their genetic coding for these... You know, If you have to pump out weapons, you want them to be ready quick. Yeah. So, apparently, they have a little bit of dialogue because Oliver decides to shave his head because he looks like everybody else.
1: Okay, so Prospero is pretty much the guy that is allowing Oliver to still be alive. because normally yeah, It's his father a, figure in this whole and, thing. It's his, it's his father figure. Normally what happens is... In the last issue, Oliver overheard uh, Prospero talking to another one of these IVCs about how they should have dumped him in the river like they do everyone else. But it's also referred... It's also on the... the Right, the other guys are
0: saying that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So he refers to that conversation on how he had heard that and blah, blah, blah. So with that he uh, now Oliver is older and he's talking to Bro Sparrow and he was like, Well, where's all this you know, where how are we eating every day? You know, like I wanna know what you do for work. Yeah, what do you do for a living? Yeah, and he was like, I don't think you want to know and he was like, Nah, I wanna know. You he's like, You can ne- you can never come though. I mean, look at your pretty hair and like so he just goes and he shaves his head, he's like, Now nah, I look like one of you. Because you they're know. all they're all bald, they're all like they're clearly all g- uh genetically modified. Good yeah. I mean,
0: I don't- yeah. He might come out and have a more elaborate way to call them, but yeah, the clones.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, they still have some some distinguishable features from themselves, uh, missing
0: and the scars. Yeah, it's, yeah,
1: based off scarring, pretty much. But yeah. that's cool. That's a cool thing that I enjoy about them bringing clones in. You could still distinguish clones apart from a each lot other. of the
0: people do kind of blend in the background, yeah. but the the ones they really want to introduce to you who have an impact, yeah, key to character design. Similar. I mean, they're distinguishable.
1: Key, will... key to character design. All right. So, so anyway, yeah. so
0: he does shave his head, and he goes to work at the factory with him.
1: Oh, and this is when it gets dope. his
0: father figure, Popper. The most
1: does. iconic yeah. moment in Oliver Twist, the story of Oliver Twist. Right,
0: right. So they're working hard, and they get back to the table, and they're, they're eating for their lunch break. And one of the guys comes back to an empty bowl. Uh, dis- the dispenser jammed again. And he's like, well, why don't you just go ask them for more food? He's like, no, we don't do that. So he, he grabs an empty bowl and stands up and starts walking over to this big, burly, muscled out uh, BDM kind of guy.
1: Please, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
0: was like, excuse me, sir. We want some more. And, you know, he's like, what did you say? We want some more food. And this guy, you know, is about ready to kick his butt.
1: But no, he hits the guy that doesn't. Well, another guy comes up yeah, and he's like, please, sir. Right, he just, yeah.
0: You know, he doesn't know what he's doing. Bam. But yeah. he helps him with the, the end of his rifle. And, uh,. There's a little battle that ensues. Well,
1: Oliver reacts, and he and just he takes down the...
0: He doesn't he just beat down this kid. I, I,
1: he killed him, easily. Yeah, just
0: I mean, he just booked his gun, fought him, and got his arm cut, and still just annihilated this dude.
1: Crossbaro and his buddy get some He's like, we gotta get this is not shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like, and he, that's pretty much kind of where we're left off. I love this
0: scene where, you know, he's being choked up by the guy, and his eyes are glowing red, mm-hmm. and Oliver is a... He's a warrior, man.
1: Oh, and there's also another reveal that his mother didn't die. His mother's still alive right, somewhere. Right.
0: So he he's Oliver is told to run home and that they will deal with it. They see so you see their them dragging the body of this uh, the guard away. And Prospero gets home and they're having this conversation, you know, like, well, you know, does it disarm her? Yeah, a little bit. Hey, it's already healed. That's not natural, like even for us. And they have a conversation, and Oliver says, "Hey, so you, do you want to talk to me about what happened? You know, if I say I didn't uh, hear you, are you still going to keep lying to me, or do you still think you're throwing a river?" And so they starts filling the beans. Like, yeah, you came here. Your your mother brought you here because you weren't supposed to happen. You are not allowed to be in the outside world. This is what we are. And he shows him in his chest, and he's got a, a four on it. You know, he's generation four. Well, Oliver you know, pulls down his shirt, and he's got this, like, tattoo-looking thing on his chest of a five, Roman numerical five.
1: Oh, yeah, the third. And
0: sir. five, which is the latest and greatest, the, the meanest and most dangerous of the of these IBC uh, clones.
1: Then they have this cute
0: kind of conversation. It's like, well, your mother didn't die. She left you a note. When we came back to find her the next day, she was already gone. She left you a note. Table flip. You know why I've done... What I've done to protect you. You might not have to agree with it, but you know I, why I did it. Before you storm out of here and damn your mother, know why she did it. And Oliver takes the note, but he ain't having it. Nope, fire. He throws that
1: note right into the, In right
0: milk, into the fire. fire. he storms off. He's, he's angry. He's you know, an angry young man. Yes, he that's, is. That's, that's the end of it. So oh, they
1: grow up so fast.
0: They really do. Two weeks, and, or two months, and <laughs> man, already so old. Uh,
1: this book's dope, though. I'm really. I didn't think that I would like an, uh, a Charles Dickens ad, adaptation, especially mm-hmm. of like all of her twists. Not gonna lie, I never really gave a damn about the story, but when you when you give put a twist on it, no pun intended, it uh this particular twist is uh it's delightful.
0: Like I said, you know... And uh, you yeah, Rob, got
1: Derrick Robinson, though. Like, I already told you my infatuation with that, dude. Fair, fair. And I've
0: got Gary Whitta. You know, I, I'm a big fan of his. And yeah. And you throw in a classic British story, and let, oh. let, him, let him have a good mm-hmm. Yeah. So far, it's paying out. I, I'm enjoying this. If you guys haven't read Oliver, go read Oliver. It's awesome.
1: Indeed. Moving on, more Image Comics.
0: El Hombre de
1: El Lado, numero 10. Some of Image Comics. Why did I do that in Spanish, you may ask? Because this book is in Spanish! Sorry, I didn't mean to scream and learn, but this book is in Spanish! I had to learn Spanish for this book, and it straight up says, in the title page, did you read this? I did not. Know. Okay, good. Because um, you would have had to have learned Spanish. I'm um, not kidding. Need help with Spanish? Google Translate works like a charm, is what it says. Oh, that's great. Right. So, <laughs> you know. Ironically, this is the book I chose to talk about, Ice Cream Man, because I realize this is a series of one-shots. And that makes this so much more okay. I don't have to worry about what's going on here. Okay. This is this is cool. Uh, I guess one through eight does have a tie-in somehow, but um, overall, it is a series of one-shots. Okay. Number nine was the cowboy one. I was like, I don't know what to say because I'll feel stupid because I don't know what's going on. Doesn't matter. It's a one-shot. This one here. Another one-shot. This is cool, though. So this takes place in Cuidad, Juarez, Mexico in 1919. And we have... And I'm not... The, the the first few pages is the majority of this book is actually in Spanish until you get about... Well, I guess it felt like forever because I had to retype everything in the Google <laughs> Translate. Until so you get about the fourth page in. And then finally, you know, we get one of the characters going, Speak English. And was like, oh. Let's just do that now. (laughs) So they do. But uh, they wanted to definitely. It
0: sounds so much worse. I mean, I'm sure that was a lot of work having to type all that in, but the whole thing was in Spanish.
1: What what makes me mad is at first I was like, oh, I remember a little bit of Spanish. I bet I can get through this. No, these are all the words I didn't remember. (laughs) And you can't, like, when you're putting in the Google Translate, you can't just, like, take out the parts you don't know. Like, you have to put it all in, though, otherwise the context doesn't work well. So. Yeah, no, it's I. So hey. You've
0: mastered the language. W- this <laughs> w- point. You don't need Google Translate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually got the variant cover on this too. I didn't realize this is a dope cover. So, oh, let me shout out to W. Maxwell Prince, Martin Marazo, and Chris O'Halloran. covered by Juan Faria is it's, a great cover. It really is an amazing cover. So our ice cream man, bad evil doer, is a. Uh, Mexican, ah, just, I, if I had, if I would have had to guess, I'd say, like, some sort of crime lord or something, he'd be running shit. Well, he's got a daughter, it's her quinceañera, and it just so happens to be falling on the Dia de los Muertes, and I guess it's bad luck to host another party that's not Dia de los Muertes related on Dia de los Muertes. Um, bah. So, with here... The the ice cream man, or father figure, is just incredibly creepy during this whole thing. I don't... And not creepy in, like, a perverted way. It's just a very scary way, the way he's acting towards his daughter. And he's pretty much, like, damning her towards, uh... Just not feeling good, for lack of better words. You
0: know, like, how dare you be born on this day of a different celebration?
1: Right. Huh. Uh, well, kinda. Kinda, yeah. So... I'm not totally certain, but the the more important part of the story is that she has this secret boyfriend, mm-hmm. who's this Texas cowboy, Yeehaw. and comes up to save her. And when he goes to save her, uh, the, the the father figure ice cream man steps in and he ends up killing him. The father. The no, uh, the father kills the the, the kid.
0: Oh, well, her I believe, got you, got I got believe
1: got you. so. Here, let me just double check that. But I'm pretty, sure, yeah. This part's all in English, so. <laughs> oh, so, okay. So that's what it, right, he he's threatening the boy by holding the thro- uh, the knife to his daughter's throat, and the boy pulls out a gun to try to save him. And, and this is the cool part: is the dialogue here or the monologue from the ice cream man? He said, "You can't kill me. I'm an idea. You can't kill an idea with a bullet." So the kid shoots him anyways, and he, like, backs off or whatever, and when he, uh <laughs> oh, man, it's good, the, the the girl goes to run to the kid, and... Her boyfriend, at, yeah. Right, her boyfriend, and then Ice Cream Man gets up in a sadistic way, like, stabs the kid, and at this point you get the dying moment of whatever, and then the, the even like then you get the Romeo and Juliet side, like you see the the kid and you know, it's de- He's obviously dead, walking in the afterlife, and he opens the door and the girl's there. It's just like oh, I couldn't blah blah I blah. With go it. on without more of it. So, yeah, so it's it's a Mexican Romeo and Juliet without the, the 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 family feud and all of that. But it's uh it was enjoyable. I, it was at first I was taken back. I was like, are there? Did I did I get a misprint here? But as soon as it said Google Translate works well, I was like, oh, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> yes!
0: I got so much to
1: do, guys! <laughs> but well, I, hey, thanks
0: for champing through that, man. That sounds like but sure. I
1: grinded it out, and I feel much more confident talking to you folk about Ice Cream Man now. I am waiting for 1 through 8 to come out and trade, because after... Me too. So wow, 9 go. and 10 is crazy and is weird and obscure and different from each other they were. It shows that W. Maxwell Prince can create the same character over and over and put him in a different environment and setting and make the character continuously interesting. Right. And this is actually an idea that I personally have been kicking around in my head as far as that concept. No, obviously not the ice cream, man, but I was like, I wish there were a book out there that worked like this. And then lo and behold, I come across... El Hombre de lado. (laughs) don't
0: really know anything in specific about Ice Cream Man. I just know from the the, the ratings I read on Reddit. That's why I I recommended it to you. Everything I'm reading sounds like it would be right up your alley.
1: And it has been. And I do not regret learning a new 40-word vocabulary in a language that I should probably know anyways. Right. So, yeah. Shall we move on to Mavel? Let's do it. Marvel Comics, West Coast Avengers, number 8, Kelly Thompson, Gary Lin covered by Edward Petrovich. This is a book that you're thoroughly enjoying, that I recommended for you.
0: Yeah, I, it's just a fun read. I like the dialogue, I like all the, you know, interactions between all the characters, and
1: uh, no. Jeff yeah. the baby land shark Exactly
0: Glenn, ah, man. I'm
1: going to say it again We need a Gwen, Gabby, Jeff, and Jonathan Like it just rolls off the tongue Gwen, Gabby, Jeff, and Jonathan You got two G's and You can call it G2J2 G2. Bam uh, Marvel pay me please <laughs> It doesn't even have to be much I'll take a couple of nickels Just make this happen you going to rub them together? I will I will. All right. I will. I don't think anything will happen, though, because magic isn't real. That's true. Um. So, yes, this book is pretty much just a, really, the epitome of what this whole series has been. It is a team being followed around by camera crews, and they're going about their day-to-day, as normal superheroes do.
0: You know, I... If you had told me the idea of this, I would have hated it. But the way it plays out, I like this whole real-world West Coast
1: Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we get a, a split up here. I mean, as the team goes on this. I for, Oh, they're going to find out where Kate's mom is being held, I believe. And they have to split up and disguise themselves to do so. And Hawkeye goes on his own. And then America, Chavez, and Kate Bishop split up, and choir, and... Everyone has their, their task. And... Um, it's really just a montage of... I think Scooby-Doo. That's what I got out of this book, with Scooby-Doo. In the best way possible. Like, yeah? If Hanna-Barbera came to Marvel and they're like, give us one thing... Marvel, the thing that would make the most sense would be like, you can have West Coast Avengers. And that's kind of how I feel about this.
0: And I mean that in the
1: best way possible. This does not feel like a regular... It it feels like a cartoon being told in a comic book way. I feel like this is an adaptation of a Saturday morning cartoon.
0: That's my take on it. Okay. That's
1: interesting. take. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, it's fun. Unfortunately... This book is going to be ending at issue 16, I believe. Oh, yeah, and there's vampires. <laughs> okay, so we still get eight more. I mean, yeah, boo, that's getting canceled, but
0: i least just have a couple more to look forward to. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's like 12 or 16, but, yeah, no, it's, it's ending soon.
0: I don't want to see Kelly Thompson writing dialogue for everybody, but I love it
1: here. No, that's good. This is a really fun book. It's, it's mainly female-driven, but at the same time, they're very, it's a very interesting trinity. I mean, Gwenpool, America, and Kate, like, yeah. that's very opposite folk. Yeah. You know? That's I, a
0: fun story, though. Yeah, it, there's a lot of diversity in there, but it's not shut it down your throat. It feels very real, or is it just natural?
1: Yeah, no. I don't think this is a book that the comic skaters are going to be lighting the fire. And it's, I don't think so. No, yeah, I think it's, a, it's just a fine book. It's mm-hmm. a very fine book, and I could totally see a massive audience for it. I'm even a part of it, surprisingly, because I didn't think I would be, and I'm still on board. I'm gonna finish it up. That's I will. Yeah, I'll own the whole volume, because that's yeah. That's what you do? It's what I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, Daredevil. What am I at number two already?
0: Number two, Legacy number six fourteen.
1: Sweet. No Fear Part Two. Chip Zersky, Marco Tricetto, and Sunny Go. Julian Taitino Tedesco. Oh, that's a warm-up word for you. Yeah. (laughs) On the cover, this cover's been... Oh, man, it's a good cover. Don't know how to explain this book other than this is exactly what I would hope would continue out of the previous Daredevil story. It left off last time everyone was under the belief that Daredevil had killed a guy. Daredevil don't kill no dudes. Daredevil didn't kill a dude. This guy... uh, Cole has set out to find Daredevil. His Detective Cole, I mean. And he goes to Fisk to help him find out. Um, Daredevil seems to think, a meet- or his first reaction is, well, Fisk is setting is setting this whole thing up. Right. And you can, you're led to believe that at the end. Yeah, uh, like that's
0: a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, at the end of issue one. you totally, It's kind of like the cliffhanger. But it turns out there's somebody else behind all of this. And I don't think we know yet. Right? They don't reveal that, do they? I don't remember. No.
0: I read the last one, but I didn't read this one. didn't get around to it this week.
1: Yeah. No, no, there's somebody else behind all this, and while Daredevil's trying to figure it out, Detective Cole's like, oh, I knew it was you. Spider-Man! I mean, Daredevil! And he shoots (laughs) him. (laughs) And so Daredevil gets shot. This poor guy is just getting... Dude, I'm telling you, some bulletproof armor would do this guy a world of good. Heck some truckproof yeah. armor, semi-truckproof armor, would
0: weapon X serum,
1: something. <laughs> get this guy a damn superpowers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Other than blind sight, <laughs> yeah. he's gonna get some cosmic abilities in uh, War of the Realms. But in the meantime, this poor guy, uh, Matt Murdock's taking a damn beating, and this is very, very. Uh, Synonymous with how I feel like the show would be continuing on, to be honest. It's a very gritty, dark story, as Daredevil should be. A mat down on his luck. This is, you know, Hell's Kitchen is very, like, -like, Gotham-like. Oh, yeah, that's a very fair
0: comparison, yeah. Uh, And
1: that's, at least, Chip Zarsky, sorry, I'm never going to be able to pronounce that correctly. At least gives it that tone. And Marco Ciccetto draws that tone. I can't praise that dude's pencils enough. I think he's the greatest thing to grace Marvel in the last two years as far as pencils mm-hmm. go. When he did with Old Man Hawkeye, it was next level. I yeah, know you're a huge fan. Yeah, and now that I know he's getting an ongoing, and it's Daredevil of all, I mean, maybe Daredevil I'm just boy. automatically biased and love this book no matter what. just because, like I said... Chichetto's pencils are godly, but other than that, I mean, even Chip Zarsky, he's a legend. He's a a comic book legend to get this title. This is just a match made in heaven, and this this isn't anything extremely heavy for a story. There's no weight that's been happening. This is Daredevil just, okay, I'm Daredevil again. Gotta be the best me I could be. Do this tactfully, let everybody know I'm about whoops, I slipped, because naturally I would slip. I just got out of the damn hospital by getting hit by a truck. Yeah. So it's very believable. You know, so it's, it's very believable. He doesn't jump out the hospital window and pull the IV from him, and he's flipping around like freaking spider. No, the dude's, like, slipping off ledges. He and learned to walk. walk again. Yeah, exactly. So very, very well done book. Very well done. I, I'm excited for it to tie in with some new characters. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm already waiting for the Frankie Castle. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just the Daredevil I love, Frank and Daredevil. But yeah, let's let's move along. More Avengers, No Road Home, number three of this ten part weekly series, Legacy number seven hundred and ten and the Avengers Align. line. Written by Al Ewing, Jim Zub and Mark Wade, art by Paco Medina, Juan Blasco and Jesus Albatrov. The cover by Yasmin Tree. Who that green dude on the cover? That's Nightmare. We'll talk about Nightmare. Did you read this? I did Cool. I know that you're a little overwhelmed when you found out it was week or ten ten issues weekly. I, I thought you were, were going to drop the it. Marvel
0: event.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, buddy, the event, the Marvel event is.
0: It mean, never ends. Well, those number ones
1: they sell. Oh man, when you see the the list for War of the Realms that event, like you're going you will be overwhelmed. Ooh. I'm overwhelmed. I think just in War of the Realms numbers alone in Marvel in the month of May, mm-hmm. 115 bucks in books. Just in War of the Realms events for Right. So that doesn't include the other 75% of Marvel titles I right, subscribe right. to on top of all of the indies in DC. Yeah. So May going to be expensive, and I do believe that this event is going to run for a couple of months at least. Oh, so yes. I will just get used to... Pucker up. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um and at some point I'll let you know where you could find a full detailed review of my own about that event. But in the meantime, let's talk about all the leading up stuff. And Avengers No Road Home apparently is going to heavily at some point tie into all of this. So let's talk about it. So Rocket wakes up from uh he's, he's he's like being operated on like this horrific type of uh, I don't know setting what's the word I'm looking for but this robot dude has got the lasers on him and yeah. yeah
0: fighting his way out of his own personal
1: nightmare yeah and then you realize uh, okay he and then Rock- out
0: and finds the Hulk choking out Clint
1: yeah, cause that's where we left off in the last issue cause Hulk's just telling Clint like oh yeah nah come with this just don't be alone kinda, I remember how he shot me in the freaking brain yeah and then they had that moment in the end and then Rocket saves the day kinda Put him
0: down.
1: Yeah. But, uh, all right. for whatever reason, Hulk listens. Because he did also say that when we're alone, we're not alone. Well, um,
0: Hulk, you know, obviously smarter than he lets on. He said, like, well, someday you'll be in a, in a real hospital. Clint's like, wait, a real hospital? This isn't a real hospital? Count your fingers, smart man.
1: Yeah, because he was, like, missing fingers. It was a thumb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And stay back now. And, yeah, so then it indicates this is all a uh, a uh, nightmare, and then this guy shows up in nightmare <laughs> that's shooting uh he's 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 a guy in green on a uh dark mare
0: yeah a little fiery horse.
1: Where do they come up with this stuff <laughs> <laughs> and then it switches over to the other portion of this new Avengers team where we've got. Spectrum and Vision and Hercules and uh, Wanda, who just had her eye holes poked out, you realize that that whole doing wasn't to make sure Wanda can't see. It made it so that... She is now the eyes of Nyx. Nyx can see through her. Yep. Can we get an introduction to the, the children of hers that were mentioned in the previous issue.
0: Yeah, they're at this, like, cosmic knowledge library, and they're talking to a librarian... And they want answers. They, they want to find this MacGuffin. And, well, kind of find out there was a crystal of, what was it called? A crystal of No Tomorrow or something like that?
1: Something like that.
0: And, you know, that's what they're looking for. But Scarlet Witch is able to see that.
1: Isn't so that's not one of Nix's shards that were separated out. I think it is. I think Okay. It is, I can't so imagine. all of the shards have their own specific name. Is uh, yeah. that what I'm getting? Seems to be. Okay. Well, seemingly they can't just call them black and blue and green and yellow. Okay. <laughs> so what was the name of this one that you said?
0: I think they're all called the same thing. they the shards of. Uh, oh,
1: oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just got soul shards here, but. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with it. Yeah, Soul Shards is just so much easier. Yeah. So yeah, carry on. Not, that's how we
0: find out that, you know, Wanda's eye is the eyes of Nyx, because as soon as she sees that, the other two goons of Nyx pop in, and things are telling us where it's at. We've got it from here.
1: Yeah, we meet one, uh, one of the, yeah, her son's hypnos. Is, uh, he's a sleep guy, and that ties into Nightmare's whole thing. So there's some sort of, like... Positive, negative magnetism. What or they're ying-y working, ying-y with, yeah. So it. somehow things don't work because those two are button butts. So, okay. yeah. yeah, for lack of words, there's a lot of. There's no way to tell you what's going on here without telling you the story. Yeah. So
0: well, we we do have this. It seems to be a battle between Nightmare, Clint, Raccoon, and Hulk. But it oh, comes to find out, Nightmare actually needs help. Because he's not as powerful as he thinks he was, he and he needs their help to protect the Shard, or get it at least away from his realm, because he knows he ain't gonna win that battle.
1: Right. And then we reveal the the library the Shard was closer than they thought, Yep the, the librarian was Had having it under it, his
0: beard. under his, his,
1: his beard. And then when Scarlet Witch quote-unquote sees that, you realize, and then Nick sends her to other... Goons by the names of uh, Apate and Dolos, and they're the gods of deceit and trickery. Mm -hmm. So they come uh, Tweedily and Thing One and Thing Two and up all up in there, throwing knives and whatnot. Who gets stabbed? Uh, Hercules gets stabbed. And, and makes him
0: rage. He, oh no, he's a madman. Because what was Like the the blades of deceit or lies or something. like that? Something like that. Yeah. So and yeah. I was like, oh, now I see. The Avengers failed to save Olympus, so I will kill them and bring balance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and next issue. <laughs> yeah, that's where it leaves off. It was a strange issue. I didn't, I mean, it, it was carrying on with the story just fine. Yeah. I just have no idea where they're going with this. Bring on Conan already! Damn it! I know it's coming. So, I,
0: mean, I think he's got I mean, a little while away still.
1: Yeah, we got like three or four more issues, I think, on this before Conan. Hey, he's going to join in this. Like, this is the series to jump on if you want the first appearance of Conan as an Avenger. It's going to be in the series. So, I just don't know when. I just can't wait to see the dynamic with Conan and Hercules. Well, let's uh, keep this rolling. We're moving pretty quick right now. More Marvel Superior Spider-Man number three, Legacy 36. Christos Gage, Mike Hawthorne, Wade Von Grawbadger, and Jordi Beller. Covered by Travis Terrest. So, have you been reading Superior? I
0: have not. I fell off Batman wagon.
1: So through three issues, I can say I was borderline announcing this. I may have unofficially announced it, but I can't officially say that of the abundance of Spidey titles, Cosmic Spider-Man is my favorite now. It is a cool version of Spider-Man.
0: Cosmic Spider-Man.
1: Um, I mean, superior Spider-Man is what I mean to say. But in this book, we get Cosmic Spider-Man. How's that happen? Well, he took a uh, piece of Terrax, who's the bad guy What he is fighting, mm-hmm. has been. You know, I don't think I want to spoil anything in this book, to be honest, just because of how much I enjoyed it. So we get a really cool interaction. I don't even think I could explain it and do it justice. The fact is that Otto... Or, I forget what his new alias is, but, but Superior Spider-Man, yeah, it's Otto. He is a he's a whole different version of Spider-Man with Spider-Man. He's a smarter version, but at the same time, it's he's still got Spider-Man qualities. He's not just a whole different character wearing a spider suit. Sure. Kind of is, but at the same time, you still get the qualities of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I enjoy this thoroughly. Terax was an OP bad guy and I like how at first I thought maybe Christos Gage could've wrote himself in a quarter immediately and like he just like kinda of brought in like this Thanos type of character right off the bat. Oh boy, yeah. And I mean I wouldn't go that far, but still pretty freaking hardcore. And he beats him with brains. Straight up brains and teamwork. So I I I thought it was a great, great, great Spider Man story that I didn't think it was a Type of Spider-Man story that could exist. So what sets this one up above all the other Spider-Man? The uh, dialogue that comes from Otto. It's I feel I, I I find it a very relatable, and I don't mean to say that I'm the smartest guy. I don't think I'm the smartest guy, but I I have a lot of confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. So and I think that's the one thing that this guy really has. Um, not that Peter doesn't have. Confidence. I just like the way that this confidence is portrayed. Comes off as cocky, but at the same time, he backs his damnness up, and it's just cool how he goes about things. He's he beats you with the brain, and I and I, I really enjoy. He's got all the the brawn in the world, more than more than regular Spider Man, mm-hmm. and he continues to win with his mind. Yeah, awesome. And that's what I find the most attractive about any character. All usually my villains. So you know, kind of ironic, I guess, that Otto used to be a villain. Yeah. So, it works that way. It's my taste. It's my taste. It's my flavor. Superior Spider-Man, out of all the books, is my flavor of Spider-Man. So, don't stop doing this stuff. Not that I don't love Friendly Neighborhood, which is a completely different version. Sure. And Miles Morales is fun in a very different way. Amazing Spider-Man yeah. is, is true to Spider-Man, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and what's then we got, you know, Gwen. Gwen's great. She's, that story's still developing. I think it's still on the threshold of uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I think they're still trying to shake the cobwebs off. <laughs> <But> <laughs> bad. Yeah. Uh, spiders don't even lay cobwebs, bro. So. Well, uh, moving along. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let's talk about that more. <laughs> we'll
0: see when spiders no, do ben- the thing. <laughs>
1: Uh, Fantastic Four number seven, Legacy Six Fifty Two. Did you read Fantastic Four? I did. Sweet, Dan Slot, Aaron Cooter and Marte Garcia. And the covers by Stad Rabik. I hope I'm been saying that right for the last seven issues. It's been amazing. This one's continuously amazing. It's got everything you want on a Fantastic Four cover. You got Galactus and Doom and Mr. Fantastic. That's
0: the one thing they had to do to pull me on board is Have Victor Von Doom show
1: up. This is Doom at his Doomiest. And you would only hope that the resurrection of the Doomiest Doom would come in a Fantastic Four book. Right, classic. And I'll be damned. Because for a while, a lot of people, including myself, may have argued that Brian Michael Bendis may have possibly ruined the villain that is Doom by making him an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doom's Doom, man. He's so back. He's yeah. manipulating Galactus. He's ten steps uh, ahead of Mr. Fantastic. Uh, there's there's a lot of greatness going on here. There's uh, a Johnny Storm. Like, I, I bring back the Nova Blast. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a, a classic... Hey, remember everything that we haven't been telling in Fantastic Four for so many years? Fantastic Four hasn't been a thing. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the seventh issue, and this is your Fantastic Four, and all of its Fantastic Four glory. And this is another... Very
0: true to character.
1: This is another one of those books where I don't think I could explain it without telling it panel for panel.
0: Doom has a plan. He's not really the bad guy. He needs to defeat Galatius, He's... He's got a plan, they all have to work together, they all do what he says. And then, well, lo and behold, he's not really trying to turn Galactus back into good guy Galactus, he wants to use him as a power source. And everybody on the Fantastic Four team is now illegally in his country, and there's only one punishment for that. execution. Yeah. Look, I mean, but the way it plays out is very true to character.
1: Yes, no, this is... What I was hoping for. I was never a Fantastic core fan, just because I feel like uh, cinematically, it kind of ruined this team, I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie, kind of put a bad taste in my mouth, hasn't been comics in a long time with these guys, but now that they're back, it took a few issues, like we had to do like a whole wedding thing to start out, wasn't sure if that was the right way to go, but as it turns out, it worked perfectly.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So I've, Again, I've never been the biggest
1: Fantastic Four fan, but they've always had like some of the best villains. Doom and Galactus, yeah. man. I mean, I'm sure Silver Surfer is going to be showing up eventually. So Almost count on it. Yeah. I very, 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 very much recommend this book. And I feel like you could almost jump on it any time so far. There's, it's kind of been like that. They do a great job of wrapping up what the hell's going on. It's high on the emotion of everything. Segues very nicely, even though it's a monthly book. So... Shout out to this team. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, indeed. I got one more Marvel book that I need to talk about. Pull it. We get a Craven story. The Amazing Spider-Man. Hey, we were talking about him. Number 16, Legacy 817. Spider who? Nick Spencer, Ryan, Otley, Alberto Albuquerque, Cliff Rathburn, and Laura Martin, along with Carlos... Lopez and Breen Reber Brian Reber I don't know how to pronounce my own name right that's not my name that's his name but I have the I share the same letter comment I oh, <laughs> my pen was going out is what I'm going to go with cover by Lolly Hamner and Justin Fonser. and so this this is cool because we get two stories in one did you read this
0: no, I really should, especially since I'm a big fan of Ryan
1: Ottley. Now would be the time to jump on this, because we're going to get a really <laughs> cool arc. Yeah. We're going to get a really cool arc. It starts out with a Craven origin story. And it's a really cool origin, I'm not going to lie. And I, that might even be the only part of my talk about this book, because the second part there leaves a lot of questions and everything. Okay. So, the first half of this book, there is no Spider Man whatsoever. We get Craven. He's a breeding fool. Mm-hmm. He's got all these kids that he's trying to turn into, the perfect hunters, and we get like this, yeah, montage, and then one day he comes home, and he finds the bodies of all of his dead kids,
0: Uh-oh.
1: except for one, and it's one of his sons, who slaughtered all of his kids, and you get this moment, he gets this tear in his eye, and you're like, oh shit. He's about to kill his yeah, son. He's proud, isn't he? He's so proud. Ah. He's so proud. He's <laughs> like, oh, I did it. I made the perfect one. I got a good one. And from, you know, he's like trying to tell, you know, he's training his son. It's like, you know, the, the, all these people that want to wear the skin of the animal and not know the way of the animal. So he's, you get this re- reference to how the last Spider-Man issue ended with a capture of a rhino rolling up to Craven. And he's saying all these other... You get Scorpion and Tarantula, and blah, blah, blah. Mm. So, Rhino is capturing all of these animal, quote-unquote, villains to be released by all of, and to be hunted by all of the well, billionaire CEOs. It's the most
0: dangerous game, but with...
1: Animal. Yeah, is, um, yeah. We get a moment where in the beginning, um, uh, in the origin story, we also get Craven. He comes across like one of the big game hunters, one of the billionaires. Right. It's just like, oh, you know, all these animals are, you know, laid out in front of you. This is there's no hunt involved, and you think Craven's gonna punish this billionaire, and he's like, no, I'm gonna take you under my wing, and you're gonna be a hunter. And you're like, say what? Well, he's gathering all of these billionaires to hunt these evil, or these poacher villain or not poacher villains, but...
0: Right, right,
1: right. He's like the anti-anti-hero in all of this. It's very weird. Huh. Yeah, it's strange, man, but it's good. It's a no, crazy story. it sounds story. Interesting. It sounds it's, like I like it. It's brutal. And the fact that I was able to tell you that much without opening even the book tells me that I, this the story really stuck with me. You get a whole side of... You know, we get the raising of, you know, a little baby Craven, and you get the time with how Taskmaster and Black Ant have been kidnapping all of these.
0: Man. It's, it's well I told. To mention not mentioned right. right. Taskmaster.
1: I have to pick it up. Yeah, man. And then it flashes to the second part of the story where we get uh, Lizard Man's son is trying to not be a Lizard Boy, so he's just trying to be a real boy. And meanwhile, uh, Peter Parker's got the flu, and MJ's trying to give him the. The, the, the make them better jeez words I and mean, then it kind of goes back and forth to where this this little lizard boy is trying to make himself into the world without or he's looking for somebody or something like that It goes into a club and then he gets exposed by all these people that don't like lizard people <laughs> uh, naturally
0: I'm, I'm sure there's plenty
1: and then Spider-Man realizes that oh I have a feeling I should go to work and you know cold or no cold I gotta go and then Mary Jane's like, "Go get him, you sniffly tiger!" And he carries on, and we get the whole battle of Taskmaster and Black Ant capturing the Lizard Boy, because that's what they're out doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's capturing animal people, and it's all tying in very nicely. I prefer the craven part of the story without Spider-Man in the beginning, because the second part it was just—it's not as emotionally tying. I, I think that I Actually should have Done this backwards Started out <laughs> with Spider-Man And then moved Into the Kraven Blah 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 This is how They could have Done it either way They both played Well personally I would have Liked to have Ended on the Kraven note
0: Yeah uh, I, I, I sung,
1: thought it was The heavier story
0: yeah, no, it sounds interesting for sure.
1: Yeah, no, it's this was a good book. Then <sighs> yeah, if that's you're gonna, my ever going less. if you're gonna jump on Amazing Spider-Man issue 17 or 16 would be the one. It's the yeah. prelude to 17. So well,
0: you you said enough keywords for me to to want to read it.
1: What were those keywords?
0: Uh, I mean, you mentioned the whole thing about Craven. You mentioned Taskmaster, and you mentioned Ryan Otley. Like
1: yeah. All right, all right. Ryan he does a—he's an amazing penciler. We got him back. We didn't get him in the last issue. That's why I was kind of like taken back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But these guys need a break. And sure, Amazing yeah. Spider-Man's gone bi-weekly. Sure, that's crazy. Anymore. For an artist to put out that quality of work bi-weekly—that's no. Nah, give this guy a freaking vacation, man. Like he could go a couple issues. It's okay. I forgive him. Do you have any more Marvel?
0: Uh, yeah, Captain America.
1: Yeah, Captain America indeed. I actually did read this book. You suggested it to me last yeah, second.
0: And there, was, there was a couple things I think you might like about it.
1: And there were a couple things that I did enjoy about it. We've it's got still,
0: uh, Issue 8, Legacy number 712. We've got Tahiti Coast and Adam Cooper along with Frank Martin.
1: Yeah, that's... Uh,
0: another beautiful Alex Ross cover.
1: Another beautiful Alex Ross cover. Yeah. Golly. It's so good. So we're getting, like, a prison scene here, and I have a feeling this heavily ties into the Secret Empire story sure. arc.
0: So Captain America, you know, presumed to be dead, there, there's the evil Captain America, Hell Hydra, all that stuff. Well, now Captain America's back. The world doesn't trust him, you know. He no longer is that symbol of hope. Well, Theodore, uh, Thaddeus Ross was the murdered. Thunderbolt Ross. Thunderbolt Ross was murdered. And Captain America is the lead uh, suspect. Well, previously, we talked about uh, uh, Strucker, uh, Von Strucker. Yeah, very well Strucker. He has, has his own prison. Well, this is the same prison that the evil Hydra Captain America was on, but he escaped. Now, we have our Captain America in Strucker's prison. And it's a little bit of an di- inner dialogue for Steve Rogers about how this isn't quite the prison he thought it would be. He thought it would be a lawless Arkham type of situation. He didn't say Arkham, I did, but instead there is order, and the way Strucker keeps the order is that once a day he will pick an inmate, probably at random, maybe not, and he whoops the floor with them, just annihilates Mm them, kills them, whatever he does to them, and he airs it all over the prison. Everybody knows that their day is coming. Wow, that's some... uh... And he, like, he picks stuff, a bulldozer, man. like bulldozer who could tear a man in half, and you have Strucker just whipping him, you know, breaks his hand here.
1: Uh, so does is it, is it, is it, is it give him a fair chance, or is it like you're out there in chains while you're getting the... Oh, no, no, like, like you.
0: It, he just opens up your cell, and it's your time to go, and...
1: like whap, you, whap, whap. You're, you're
0: given a fair chance. Like, he doesn't chain him up. Like, he, he goes toe-to-toe with them.
1: Oh, Baron von uh, a boom. Mm.
0: There's a little bit out of order, so we have that part, and then we have uh, Captain America in the cafeteria. One of the guys says, you know, might if I sit with you? Captain America's like, no, I, I, thank you, but I don't need to you know, socialize with you guys. It's like, well, you think you're better than us, but we all know what you really did. Oh, I didn't kill Ross. Sure, you might say that. And you, maybe, maybe you didn't even do it, but the world thinks you did it. You're not you're not Captain America anymore. You're Captain No One.
1: So I take it none of this plays into the current Marvel timeline. This is all like a in between what the, the the aftermath of Secret Empire and then before he becomes an Avenger again is what I'm gathering out of all. Yeah, this. that's what I would take. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, but uh, I mean, no, we get good some good cameos this one. We kind of get like a who who who's who of different Hydra and villains from the, from the day. I like it. But then the another part of this is we've got. Uh, We've got your boy, Fisk.
1: We do. And he's
0: talking to Miss Carter. Miss Carter says, you know, Ross was killed in the city of New York. You're the mayor of New York, and nothing happens in the city without your knowing. Fisk is saying, well, you know, I wish it wasn't true. You no, know. no,
1: no, Thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. Again,
0: pulling, pulling the whole anti-hero Victor Von Doom kind of angle, like... Oh, no, I'm a hero of the people. He's like, oh, I don't even go
1: by Kingpin. Or she, she might just like, I know you don't go by Kingpin, but I think we kind of know. Yeah,
0: like, Fisk, you, you're Kingpin. No, and, uh, so, no. so she she blackmails him a little bit. You know She's got some photos saying, you know, what do you know about all this? And he denied it all.
1: Oh, I don't know what the photos are, though. We uh, don't know what the money, Me neither,
0: but he does hand her a flash drive. We don't know what's on that either. Oh, man,
1: double whammy blackmail. So we'll get some more. And it's well, ends that's, that's the Fiskus thing though. Like you're not you, you think if you got dirt on Fisk, he doesn't have twice as much dirt on you. you mm-hmm. going to make sure that dirt doesn't come out. So that's that, that's well well writing for my boy. And anytime he's ever on a page, I'm going to dissect the shit. Yeah. I I know what Fisk's would sound like. I know what he would do. I, think I like know every move that he would make and that was a perfect representation of Fisk. Yeah. So it's Coates... You're on my radar, bud. You're on my radar. All right, go ahead.
0: Well, we do end, and we've got uh, a plane. I don't know where they're headed, but uh, I can't remember who the lady is with them. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible nerd. Yeah, but right. uh, we've got Hydra Evil Captain America, and he has a little bit of a battle, and he is taken down. I'm not sure if he's dead, but it strongly looks like it. Mm-hmm. And we've got that Femme Fatale uh, team that I told you about last time with uh, Tigris and all them.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: And they've got some, some juicy information now.
1: Hmm. Alright, yeah, no, this wasn't uh this wasn't somebody yeah, the Misty Knight. And they
0: uh, they now know who uh, killed Ross and it was some guy
1: called the Foreigner. Oh man. As only a Captain America book would have. <laughs> That's great. You know what's super great is the uh the teaser for next month's cover. Alex Ross is just a monster. Yes he is. No, actually, this wasn't so bad. Obviously, the, the Mare Fisk part drew me in. Right. Uh, but yeah,
0: I'm not quite sure if this is going to be your book. But I don't think Captain I'm America will
1: ever be my book until Sam Wilson holds the shield again. Yeah.
0: Uh, I will say, you know, as a true Captain America fan, I'm enjoying this run. However, if you're the fan of Captain America where you need to see the suit, you want the shield flying around, we haven't had a whole lot of it. In this arc yet.
1: No, this is like if Captain America were done in, like, a Detective Comics type of fashion.
0: I mean, this one is called the Captain of Nobody, so... Yeah. Expect to see a lot of Steve Rogers and a lot less Captain America.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, this is an interesting an interesting flip through. That's Michelle. Any more Marvel?
0: I think that'll do it for me on Marvel. Oh, I'll just, I'll just mention Invaders... Um, it's still good you remember that whole uh, Namor stuff we had in
1: in Avengers oh yeah this is kind
0: of that string of things Uh, heavy on Namor heavy on Bucky Barnes heavy on Steve Rogers
1: all characters I like is just the timeline and detailings and or uh, plot line of the story that was solicited wasn't I I don't care to see those characters in that timeline is all yeah yeah. Maybe
0: when it's all said and done, I can go into more detail. But I'm enjoying it. It's right. not an not
1: unnecessary read. Gotcha. I just have so much. Something. Something had to go.
0: I hear you. I hear you. That
1: that catch uh, up pile ever growing. You know the, the the cool thing is is that I don't really have much to catch up on except for like some old stuff like you know the chew and all that stuff yeah. like completed stuff. I mean East of West I guess is going in saga, but. For the most part, I'm I'm proud to say that what I buy, I read. Like, yeah. a lot of it doesn't go unread. 99% of it doesn't go unread. And if it goes unread, that means I'm saving it. Yeah, fair. So, yeah. No, it's, uh... I've been a comic reading fool, man. I'm proud of it. Yeah, you're a machine just pumping them out. Dude, I love it so much. I do. I love it so much. It's. I can tell. I do.
0: So, I guess that leaves us up, up to uh, some DC.
1: DC Comics. Action Comics number one thousand and eight, Leviathan Rising Part Two by Michael Bendis, Steve Epting, and Brad Anderson, and the cover by Steve Epting. So I am finally kind of get. I uh, jumped on at one thousand seven was the start of the new arc. Mm-hmm. This book is very interesting. Uh, it was highly, highly praised. I can say I don't. I must have missed something. There's something. There's definitely something big that happens in here, but. I don't know if it matches up to the hype that I, I saw it received. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a Superman fan though. I'm a new Superman fan. Okay. So maybe it doesn't. The fact is, is this is a hot book for some reason, and there's some good stuff in it. There really is. The story. Did you read this? I did not. You did not? Okay. There was. Uh, I'm afraid this is another one of those books where I don't know if I could do it justice. So we get kind of a tie-in to the Amanda Waller happening. Remember I described how Superman from like way away rescued Amanda Waller, falling out of a building, and she was in the super secure building. I did read that one. Yeah. Okay. So we're, this is tying back more into all that. So uh, Amanda Waller, she's going under disguise. She's in this movie theater. She has like a facial, I think like Scanner Darkly type of okay. technology. And then the dude she's meeting in the theaters, Lois is dad. And um, we know um, that um. in the last issue, a lot of stuff came to light there. How it was, you know, Lois tells him like, "Look, your son's Superboy, and I remember how much you hate Superman." Is all this true? And then walks away. Yeah. So that when they go to meet up, and I don't understand the context of why those two are meeting up. I really don't. Uh, he he comes up and says, "Well, I don't know if I have the same type of uh, feelings towards him now." And you get an awkward moment there for a second. Then they realize, like, "Well, you uh, well you asked me to come here." He's like, "Wait, no, you asked me to come here." They're like, "Wait a second. And They both realize it's a, a setup. So yeah, they, they you know they're skedaddling out of there, and on their way skedaddling out, we see that blue light goose stuff that member of Jimmy Olsen right, saw right, with right. the lizard people cult and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of myself for remembering all this. That signs of good storytelling, so um yeah they uh um naturally you start shooting at the blue light of course <laughs> uh, of course because that's what happens and then then it gets weird because for a second I think that well I guess I'll get back to that then we flash over to Superman and Lois mm-hmm. together because that's been a while since that's been a thing so they're together. And they're like, hey, let's do something weird. Like, this will really blow their minds, man. Let's go to the Daily Planet, bro. Because, you know, Lois has been MIA. And, yeah. yeah. Her
0: office has been taken over.
1: Right. So, yeah, no, she, uh, they, they, her and Clark make an appearance. And, and it's a very, uh, she's not as celebritized as one may think. But at the same time, everyone clearly notices, like, oh, damn, she back. Yeah. And, yeah, but it's not like a, oh, yeah, big, big bitch on the block is back. Right. So they go into the office, and uh, old Jimmy Olsen's hiding under the desk, and they're explaining the blue light. He explains the blue light to him and the lizard folk and whatnot. I right, because he
0: was trying to explain it to Clark, and Clark got distracted and said he had to leave. Right.
1: And then it cuts back over to, just like that, just blah, 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 this is what's happening, and Jimmy Olsen and explanations, and back over to Amanda Waller. And, uh, Mr. Lane, I don't know his first name, but it's Lois Lane's dad, so, going with that. But, uh, yeah, no, they're, they're running, like, all, uh, I think the, the the blue light that we're seeing on Waller's fingertips there is indication of her disguising whatever. And then, like, you see there? Like, that's the the facial disguise thing that I'm talking, technology, that she was, like, she went into the theater looking like a Korean woman, and then he calls out, he's like, oh, that's the disguise you're going to go with. And so her disguise is failing? Right, well, I, I'm not... No, because then she changes it right there once. He's like, oh, that's, you know, she she's a, she's Waller. Ah, okay. But this is the confusing part is, you know, she's, she's got the blue hand and the technology's spazzing out, and it looks like uh, Lane is falling behind her. And then she turns around and just, like, double blasts at him, and you see, like, the bla- same blue light on his chest there. They're like damn it, Amanda, because that's what you say when you get shot in the chest a whole bunch of times. Right. And he's laying on the ground and can't tell if he's having like there's no blood at this point. It looks like he got like shot with like a bullet, you know, like a bulletproof vest reaction. But it almost, 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 almost looks like he's having a heart attack too. Like you can see, I'm not totally sure what's going on here. Like shot clearly, blam, 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 blam. Yeah. Blue light on that, the huh? chest. <laughs> Ga-ga, Urgh! Laying down there, no blood. Yeah, the and area. then reaches out to some random shadow. He yells out Lois with the tear in his eye. doesn't yell, whispers Lois with the tear in his eye, seemingly his last dying breath, because it goes black. So, very confused as to what's going on there. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Who, yeah, I don't know. But still very exciting at the same time. And then through the door, back to flashing back over to... Uh, Clark, he ends up taking, oh, uh, I hope I haven't been calling him Bucky the whole time. What's his name? Uh, Jimmy. No, I haven't been calling him Jimmy Olsen. Right? I haven't been calling him Bucky. He just seems like a if Bucky. If you have, I haven't got it. Alright, it's <laughs> uh, Jimmy Olsen. And you know, the whole time he's like, "Oh, Clark's like, hey oh, you need, like, a real sleep that's not under my desk. Come home in, like, a bed and sheets right. and everything. So he takes him home and gives him some rest. And Waller comes through the door. His home is like, Lois, well, Superman! I mean, Clark, and her gun's smoking, and she looks mad, and she's like, Leviathan is taking us all out, and that's how it ends, till, if you ever to ask me, I'd say that Amanda Waller's taking everybody out, but...
0: <laughs> with, you never know with her character. Yeah, she's... You, she's always, like, tipping the line on whose side she's on.
1: Yeah, yeah, very Nick Fury-ish. Yeah. Nick Fury more often than not has good intentions, but... Waller is just—I don't know—but you might space. have
0: good intentions. It just might not be our hero's intentions.
1: Yeah, very anti-heroic, if yeah. anything. This is a very interesting issue, and as someone, this is the second time reading Action Comics. You know, jumping onto a new arc. I'm enjoying this. Like the pacing is fun, it's exciting. It's kept me on point. The parts that I'm like, ah, that, I'm not sure that makes sense. I might have missed something. I have. Uh, it's it's not as so skewed that I'm like I have no faith I'm going to be able to catch up on this. Like I know this is going to be explained. The stuff
0: you're dark on probably is intentional.
1: Right, right. Like who 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 shot Lane? Is he dead? Who's that shadow? Probably Leviathan but yeah no that's maybe it's gonna all be answered though Brian Michael Bendis is there's, there's a reason he's at the level of writer he's a he no chump so in DC when they took him on they gave him their iconic Superman fair enough and both both titles Action Comics and Superman so it's mm-hmm. proving it I mean I've already praised Superman that, that title but Action Comics is now that I found the jumping on point good job Super, super indeed. All right, this little storyline's coming to an end. Flash number 65, The Price of Loyalty, Part Four. Joshua Williamson, for page. Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and Tom Almora. Covered by Chris Burnham and Nathan Fabian.
0: I, mean, I wasn't sure about the first three issues They were just okay But they weren't stories I really wanted to read But man, this one wrapped it up I think, I think they had a good payoff
1: No, it did wrap up well That's for sure It was the best of the four I still don't think That this uh, Falsely advertising into the the sanctuary story Is frustrating it's I mean, very, 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 very loosely ties into it. It's inspired from the events, and it doesn't mention... but Yeah, I mean, it's not like... Well, it's the whole catalyst to... If you want to read
0: Heroes in Crisis, you don't need to read this to understand the arc.
1: No. It's no, all you need to know is that uh, Wally West is dead, and... These
0: worlds are colliding, these, these things are happening at the same time, together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you definitely enjoyed this book more. I, I did not not enjoy it, and like I said, this was the best of the, 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 the four-part uh, crossover event. But it was still just...
0: I mean, there's a lot of bickering between Flash and Batman. That's
1: what the whole book was, was back and forth bickering between Flash and Batman. No, the action scene, like, the actual frustration that Flash shows, the art... It was fantastic. And the part where he, like, Batman triggers Flash as he's walking away, and he goes up to punch Flat- or punch Batman in the face as Batman's putting back on his cowl. Because uh, I think that, that scene is incredible. Uh, f- uh, the way to describe it is Flash No, As soon as Batman recognizes that Flash is on the offensive, they're in the Batcave, and the Batcave offensives automatically trick in. yeah. Batman's like, you don't want to do this. You don't want
0: to do this. right. Just throws
1: on the cow. Yeah. Just knowing that, like, uh oh, got <laughs> to go down. And Flash gets right, gets his fist right up to Bruce's face, and he's like, "I could punch you a hundred times before you would even know I punched you once."
0: Before you could even yeah.
1: Yeah. And Batman's just like, Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> agreed. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. Appreciate you not following through there. Yeah. You know, with with not as many words, but uh. And they just kind of part ways? Yeah, I mean, so that those two having an argument,
0: and, you know, Flash storms off. You know, he's angry.
1: Sees the letter from Iris.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, goes home, and, you know, Iris wrote a little note saying, you know, I was trying to think what I was going to write for Wally's, uh, uh, what do you call that? Obituary? Yeah. Yeah. Right, Obituary, then I decided... You're googly! <laughs> so I was writing his obituary and I said all these things and this and that. And then I realized I wasn't writing his obituary. I was writing yours. I can't do this. You're right. You're a hero and you can never escape this life. You saved my life. I'm going to go live it for a while. She's mm, he, gone. So I'm sure Flash is no happier with Batman now. No, 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 no. But we do end this with... uh. Batman and Superman having a conversation. Yeah, and, and
1: that's, that's the, the payoff for the whole really story. Really trying to
0: figure out what's happening with this whole
1: sanctuary business. And, and then Superman's like, I don't even know if I trust you, dude. Exactly. <laughs> the two
0: of us, you know, can't we even trust each other? But what about the Flash? Barry is one of the greatest CSI investigators there's ever been. Yep. can we trust him? We can trust
1: him, right, Batman? No answer. Nope. Nope. So who knows? I mean... And then they they show this ominous panel of the Flash in a very like ominous color scheme and uh, you know to depict him as a possible bad guy. Um, I'm just gonna have to go with the the hearsay on the Flash story from here on out. Um, I'm didn't unfortunately I was hoping this would be the two issues to tie me into putting Flash on my pull list. Mm-hmm. And Flash has never drawn me, though, as a character. Like, I've always been slightly intrigued, but never... Uh, it's a lot of
0: commitment, because there's a lot of Flash. Yeah, I mean, you start talking about the whole Speed Force and all the different
1: Flashes, and he's got his own ecosystem in the comic world. Yeah, uh, ecosystem's a good word for it, yeah. No, absolutely, it's very, very deep lore to Flash. It's just the the whole, like, strength Force and all this other Steel Force and all this other stuff that's been brought to light recently in the Flash comics. It's just... It's a lot to take in. It's just a lot for me right now. I've got... as The listeners, you as listeners, clearly know I read a lot of books. We don't even talk about all the ones we read. Yeah, if it wasn't for this tying into Batman, and y'all know I love... We love our Batman, you know, I probably wouldn't have given it a shot, but... Gotham Girl is a cool way to tie it in to be honest we didn't even mention Gotham Girl one time throughout the whole thing the whole book's about Gotham Girl
0: well yeah I mean they, they defeat her in the beginning they're trying to save her life more and about the origin they put her going. more in the goo of it they found all the other ones in earlier and now Batman's had a change of heart when she gets better he's going to teach her how to be a hero he's going to mm-hmm. help her be a hero rather than prevent her from using her powers and dying
1: yeah yeah and that's kind of what triggers the whole thing man. Yeah. Did you let her run
0: off I, mean, I, I like some of the payoff on this. And I was like, okay. I mean, the, the other ones they weren't bad, but I just wasn't interested. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited yeah. to get Tom
1: King back on Batman. So yeah, that's for sure, for sure. Let's move on to uh, Shazam.
0: Shazam. Shazam, Shazam, Shazam.
1: Number three: Jeff Johns, Dale Eagle, Sham, Marco Santucci, Mayo Naito, and Mark Atela. Covered by Eaglesham and the great Alex Sinclair. Cover, not a damn thing to do with the book. I feel, before I, I jump into this, well... That it, though. Uh, okay. I feel like DC, the publishers, are a month behind on all of their covers. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Because and this
0: one does look like the perfect cover for last week. And last the, le-
1: the one before that was a Christmas one. They had a Christmas cover on it for issue two. And that it was... Um, not Christmas anymore, it was the middle of January, so I think that there was some mix-ups with, they botched the first cover, well they couldn't have their first, their, their number one be a Christmas cover, yeah. but then they're like, but it's Christmas, and it's Shazam, and it's kids, we got to have a Christmas cover, and the editors that's what like, for. yeah, exactly, that's what they should have done, you're absolutely right, so, and then this cover here ties in what should have been the last cover. I'm not bitching. I'm just pointing that out.
0: Yeah. No.
1: I. I. I Detective. I saw
0: the cover. It just wasn't anything over and above, and I kind of forgot about it as I was reading the comic.
1: Yeah. Well, this book here is nothing but pure fun. Alex. I and see what you did there? Oh. You, fun land. You, I, that wasn't even intentional. <laughs> that means I just did a good job. So the Funlands is where the story takes place. We left off with King Kid, who is exactly what you would expect him to be as one who calls himself King Kid, in yeah. a place called the Funlands. Just picture Candyland in real life. And Pretty
0: much, yeah. With rides and
1: the color, and the color, and the the color.
0: All the colors,
1: dude. Alex Sinclair is. I mean, he's one of my all-time favorite color artists. It looks
0: like a Disney, Carnival, Barnum and Bailey, jam it all in there.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Be careful doing drugs reading this book. Don't do drugs, read this book, is the message. So, Killy, Killy, King Kid is introduced, he's like, ah, this is amazing, and food, and joy, and donuts, and Eat candy. all and, the junk you want. Yeah, and they get a little bit of an origin of how this all came about. He found this magical scepter, and he just accidentally made a wish that he had some cool stuff, and then it was like, oh shit, that happened. Yeah, he was. And then the Funlands was created.
0: He was a poor, oppressed child who was living in the cupboard. His father was chasing him one night, and to escape the beatings, he ran, and he fell down a hole, and fell, and fell, and fell. And fell he woke up in a green field where water tasted like marshmallows, and he found a magic candy cane scepter, and he just wanted something Roll to do. With it. When, so, you know, when
1: life hands you candy cane scepters, yeah. you make fun lands. You, you make a merry-go-round. Yeah, all of that stuff and everything. So as they're explaining the whole, you know, this is all about I'm here for the kids and all of this stuff, you realize that one of the, uh, the folks in this group is a bit, uh, her, her name is Mary. I think yeah, Mary. The
0: older one.
1: Yeah, she's apprehensive of all this. She's like, "There's something up with this kid." We should go home. Yeah, this 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 is just like way too good to be true. And then it comes out that you know she's an adult, and he's like, "Wait a second, you're an adult, or at least the uh, midget clowns." Arrest her. And they're um, Oompa Loompas. they are Oompa Loompas, but it's so much better they're because they're clowns. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I love it so much. They're little mini clowns, uh. micro clowns and they attack her, and, uh, jump on her, and bring her down into a little hole, and then the whole time they're like, what's the magic word, and you are like, we can't say the magic word, and it's like, we should say the magic word, and then when she goes down in the hole, they're like, it's time to say the magic word, what's the magic word, Shazam! Shazam! And, uh, they all Shazam out, and, oh, the colors... Jesus, the colors. Teen kids are like, you lied. you're not really kids, you're adults. Yeah, yeah you can't, yeah, these are for... these adults. Yeah. And that's that's what you're getting out of all of this. Oh, the kids get separated, too. So, we, uh, you know, we, the whole... The, uh, the They introduce, like, this map, and there's all these different worlds. We get mm-hmm. the fun lands, and the game lands, and the blah, blah, blah lands, and the blah, 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 blah lands.
0: Some of them end up in the wild lands. Yeah,
1: so now uh, we're getting an introduction to two more of these lands. One of them, the team splitting up, and team being the orphans, the kids, the Shazams. One of them being the game lands, and the other one being the wild lands, where there's animals. And you get, like, these cat people and horse people. You get, um, I don't know if it, I don't think that's Bojack Horseman.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe before he became an actor, maybe.
1: He was never a cop. We know that, we know that. We know that story.
0: So, question, are we going to get three different runs now of Shazam
1: no it's all gonna be next it says next month in okay. Shazam thank you DC thank you <laughs> no, no, DC wouldn't do they wouldn't even with a Shazam movie coming they wouldn't do there's there's too much no it's perfect we're just gonna get a bunch of you know it's all gonna tie in together I mean, it's Chip John's gonna do just fine but um did I say how much I like this color
0: no there's a lot of color
1: Alex Sinclair's a master. And, it, you know, he's, Alex Sinclair's got to have lines to squiggle in, and that, that goes to Dale Eaglesham. And
0: I feel like I'm looking the a lot at of Shazam lore, because I, I really don't know anything about the character.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I never gave two cruds about Shazam until I saw the movie trailer, and I was like, oh, yeah, shit, that was fun. Is that, that what Shazam's me. all about? And then they, you know, naturally drop a comic, as, you know, any good marketing team should Definitely. in such a scenario. And I think we'll have four issues out by the time April comes along when the Shazam movie drops, and I think I'm, uh, plenty hyped.
0: Oh, yeah, me too. This is, you know, I'm I on board. The art's yeah. been great, the stories seems fun so far. We'll see where it takes us.
1: Yeah, and this has honestly been more Billy Batson than Shazam, to be honest, through the first three issues. Like, there was yeah, yeah. zero Shazam in issue two. It was all Billy Batson. Yeah, Mostly Billy Batson in issue one. And even then, this wasn't even, like, Shazam-focused so much as...
0: Shazam! Everybody separated. Yeah,
1: the, yeah, exactly. So, for being what you would hope it is, and it not being that, you think one would be a little less, or a little more apprehensive to talk good things, but I am not. Mm, and I'm happy it threw a curveball at me, and I'm enjoying it. Yep. Yes. Speaking of curveballs...
0: Martian Man... Hunter
1: number three, Steve Orlando and Riley Rossimo and uh, Ivan Placencia. So this book isn't nearly as like question rising. I guess as the first two issues were yeah, for me. A lot more answers than this one. Yeah, this is a very straightforward. Like there's no detectiveizing in this one. It's what you get what you get out of this. Yeah, when I mean,
0: we had John Jones, we had Marshall Manhunter. Uh, who was shot by Diane. And it,
1: this was I I honestly think that seventy five percent of this book is them just explaining oh, yeah, and confirming you've been shot.
0: Than, yeah, this is more of an origin story of how did John Jones John Jones become John Jones.
1: And and It's, yeah. it, it's well told. It, it really is. And like I like the fact that he mentions a ritual is like in our land of Mars we you know, when someone dies, we take their their form for a cycle, which I would assume would be a day. And you know, that's that's our way for the the grieving to still kind of say their 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 final whatever, spend their last day. It's so someone year. just takes it's a full year. Full year. A cycle's a year. Yeah, because that's, cause that's, cause that's what I thought handy, initially. A
0: year, and I wasn't ready to leave the rest.
1: Oh, okay. I yep. thought it would just so happen that
0: well, we got a lot done in a day.
1: Dog. Well, no. That well, the thing is, is I just thought that you know, it's, it's been 364 days since that time, and he's still explaining. Like, I just thought oh, I get okay, yeah, the context. It, yeah. Like, yeah, no, I, we do it for a day. It's just I've been just carrying on for a lot longer than I should mm. have. Is how I got that. Okay, I
0: can see that. I think I think it's been a year though.
1: Yeah. Ah, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. It could take some clarifying. I just I think there was this because I, 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 I originally thought a year too. I just don't remember what I read in here to make me like, oh, okay, so it is a day. Um, so I'm not sure. I think there was. He does say like I just couldn't let it go. Right. And yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, we just get more of him. You know, he uh, saw
0: uh, John Jones's final moments. He died a hero. Uh, he psychically held on to his morals and beliefs. You Knew he was a good guy. He was minded of himself as a manhunter so he took his form and he's been working with Diane to catch all his criminals
1: and specifically go after this this lady, or little girl who just looks like she's in the shittiest situation man she's got a fishbowl on her head being fed gas and like she's like barefoot and uh, like in shorts on this like steel grate of a vent and she's uh, skinned up shins and bloody ankles and I just, I feel bad for this young girl. Oh, yeah, be more than, like, definitely 16. They
0: showed a, a sense of distress. They did a very good job on that.
1: And that's who they're both going after, but now not together, because the partner, Lady... Lady. Can't remember her name. But they're after... after Adams, Adams Diane. Diane, that's right.
0: I can't remember her last name, but...
1: Yeah, I think I wrote her last name on here. I just can't find where I wrote it. Anyways. way Anyway. It's actually way. Anyway. I learned that. It's not supposed to be anyways. <laughs> Sorry, rambling. Yeah. No, there uh there's some tension to be had here. For this being a twelve part series, I feel like I have my opposite critique. Normally I'm like, oh, how are they gonna wrap all this up? You know, with so few to go. And I'm like, fuck, there are only three issues in. They got a lot of story to tell with nine more to go. Yeah. And uh, the first two issues I was apprehensive, but after this one I was like all right. Orlando's wrapping me in. He's not I just I got so much to read. I don't need a damn mystery book every week. Yeah, you know? I'm enjoying this one.
0: I, I, it's not the manhunter story I thought we would be getting. Oh hell no! But once yeah. again,
1: just like Shazam. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's got so, good art. I, I, I like the oh, colors.
1: Riley Rossimo is the dude's gut stees, and for him to do a, I mean, Steve Orlando is known for doing weird. So I just, it just weird. It works out well. I mean, the art's weird. So the two mesh just fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it really does a great job, kind of capturing, kind of the narration through an alien's, you know,
1: point of view. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nine nine nine. Detective Comics. Almost to a thousand. We got a month to go. A full month. Normally they go by a week, but they're like, all right, breathe. You know, what we should do right We should
0: grab some beers and celebrate for that issue.
1: Well, I I bet you we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I would put money on it, but I want you to talk about this one because I apparently missed something. Yeah, I think I, I think have. I read 997, then they, my is for my poll forgot to put 998 on there, so I missed something. So after reading 999, I was like, oh shucks, I missed something. So tell us, what's the little baby Bruce?
0: Okay, so. Just re rolling the back a little bit. We've had uh, Batman fighting this amorphic uh, devil-demon thing. It's been taking the form, sometimes several, of a lot of his villains and his his teachers. And he's been fighting them. He's been been struggling, trying to use everything in his uh, belt to, uh, to fight this thing. And then it transformed, last issue, into a little baby Bruce. And you know, Bruce said, "I will not hit a child." Um, the little baby Bruce has no problem hitting. And then he's like, "Well, you did this. It was your idea. You sent me here. Don't you remember? Don't you remember?" It starts and then hitting him. every and as he gets older, him, and older. He's he get 18, older and older, he gets older and older until he becomes, you know, fully fledged adult. You know, and then he's like, "Oh,
1: I've been you the whole time. I got that much." And then I like the part where Bruce is like, "Oh, I'm not so apprehensive to hit a kid on a, yeah, you're not a kid it anymore." So I like you. And this is where it lost me from here on out.
0: Yeah. So. Again, we just have him struggling against this foe who is himself, which what better enemy could Bruce Wayne have than himself? Mm. And, you know, there's some dialogue. You know, they keep breaking through different points of Bruce's world and through his life. And, you know, eventually little baby Bruce, you know, he's, he's a kid again, is standing next to a plot, next to his, his mother Martha and his father Thomas. And the, the hole has been dug. It's you know set for a cask. And the headstone says Bruce Wayne. He says... How, how can I explain this? Some Three people died that night. It wasn't only Thomas, and wasn't only Martha. Bruce died that night. He wasn't allowed to be a kid anymore. He couldn't be the person that Bruce Wayne should have been. Oh, little baby that,
1: Bruce died. You
0: know, when, with the death of Bruce Wayne, was born the Batman. That is when he became the cynical grim, serious man and, you know, Bruce, adult Bruce, real Bruce, picks up the shovel says, oh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to bury you. He starts throwing dirt into the grave with baby Bruce still standing in it. You know that my mission isn't over. Gotham needs me. And then we cut to the Batcave really and we've really got Batman really hooked up to some tubes and stuff and he's floating in green like liquid. Like Bane? Huh? Bane? Uh, well, I mean, no, not really. <laughs> um, you know and Alpha said well I found him in here and he put himself in this contraption. he does it every year on his oh, birthday oh yeah and you know, it was all simulation it was all
1: Bruce testing himself
0: every year instead of having cake that's, this is his birthday that's right.
1: right yeah that's funny okay so
0: all this past weird shit that I was enjoying He's I jumped in the middle of it I was like I don't really know what's going on oh okay I mean he was kind of a cop out like oh this is a simulation we've been playing with people the whole time
1: but I enjoyed it, like, okay. Well, it shows you a mental match as de- well. well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm, I mean... They don't need this column to tell me that. Yeah. We all know that. But, but
1: uh... I mean, yeah, good representation. But, uh, to do that as a, a birthday tradition, like, that's... That's pretty... Dog... Yeah, oh, yeah,
0: definitely. It's very dark.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. I, right, I guess I got more of this than I thought. That's right, I forgot about the whole reveal that... Oh, yeah, no, this is just what he does. He's freaking weird, man. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a good
0: tie-up. Now I understand um, what I've been reading the past few months. and Cool.
1: Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to 1,000. I am so looking forward to 1,000 because, from I mean, uh, no, 1,000 is going to be a slew of different stories. Like, I know that much. It's going to be a whole bunch of stories. Of course, of course. But Big celebration. Right. But from then on out, I can say I might be able to call myself a Detective Comics reader. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Tomasi's still taking it over. We're going to jump at the beginning of an arc. So that'll help. Yeah, well <laughs> I, I would I would only hope so. That would just be silly not to. Um uh, more Bertman. Batman. Batman Beyond, number twenty nine. Stan Dragons, Bripp Booth, Norm Redmond, and Andrew Dellhouse. Covered by Pascal Ferry and Dave McCague. This was my hype book of the week. Um I was really, 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 really looking forward to this book on the kind of the the Death in the Family stuff.
0: Do you disappoint?
1: Not even a little. This, this this book is why I have faith in DC Comics and why I continue to read DC comics. The the art is spectacular, the tone is as dark as I could ever want. Didn't expect that out of a Batman Beyond story. This is one of the darker stories that has come out in the Batman Tales recently. And I mean that in the best way yeah. possible. Did you read this one? Of course. Okay. So we all know that uh, old Matthew McGinnis, or Robin, is being held captive by the Joker. Joker is damn set determined to know who Bruce is. Mm-hmm. He sets... Bruce. Who is this
0: Bruce you keep talking to?
1: Right. He sets this trap Um, by putting Matt in this casket and threatening to light it on fire if Bruce isn't revealed. And he airs it on TV. And he airs it. Yes, this is all being televised, live. Uh, meanwhile, Bruce back home is shitting his pants, and he's just like screaming at the TV like a 45-year-old watching a Broncos game this year. Just throw it! Just tell him everything! Just tell him! It's cool. Do whatever every ask, Matt. Yeah. And, uh... uh meanwhile... Dick Grayson and Terry McGinnis, our Batman, uh, come rushing into where they think uh, Matt's being held. And they realize that it was all set up. They find the cast. They find the, 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 goons, uh, and uh, the right, goons. Right are as fighting as to light this
0: cast on fire because they know that they'll be turning into cyborgs or worse if they don't do it. Yeah. Like Jay says.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they explain, like, oh, it's a shame what happened the old John. You realize that was. Johnny, or yeah. oh, what was it what was it Johnny Joker, or Joker John? I forgot what his damn name was. Yeah. It was turned into the cyborg robot yeah. thing they fought last year? Yeah, all tying in very very nicely. This is a very. Ugh. But it, then you wonder like, all right, well shit. So you know they go up to open up the flaming casket, and they're like, well he's not in here. He's our trap. And then meanwhile you flash back over to Bruce, and he's like, wait, no, in there, you're not in there. I'm oh, Batman. <laughs> cause now, just you gotta it. say it just once <laughs> and then he uh, hears a and, that's, and that wasn't the, the pen Joker has Matt with a gun to his head and
0: he's at the Batcave and he's like "Oh, he told me everything he
1: yeah. told me everything and meanwhile I'm like you, you know he's a little disappointed like you know Bruce is just a little
0: disappointed I wouldn't me. think so I think that's what Bruce would want them to do but it's not what Bruce would ever do
1: Okay, no, but that Bruce makes was, sense. Bruce doesn't yeah.
0: want his high kick to yeah. die. He's seen that enough times.
1: No, that's true. So then, 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 then we get a crowbar fight between old man Bruce <laughs> a crowbar and, and, a hand and, and the Joker. A, and a cane, yeah. and uh, so we get a. Uh, so Joker gets stabbed in the hand with a crowbar, and well, I think Joker breaks.
0: Bruce's cane and makes it jagged and then Bruce uses that after taking it. Oh, that's what. Okay, he has a it. cane.
1: I thought. I, I just thought it was weird. I mean,
0: the way it's drawn. It, it, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, for
1: sure. <laughs> for sure. For, for, sure. For, for a second, I thought I was like, oh, that's just. He has a crowbar too. Cool. <laughs> I, just, I missed that. No, it makes sense. That's a sh- jagged cane. So as he's got the uh, the, Joker sitting there he's like, oh, I'm gonna get you, Batman. Bruce pulls a gun on him and he's like, no, oh, yeah.
0: He oh. steals uh, the Joker's
1: gun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's where he got the gun. Yeah. Where did. Oh! The oh, oh uh, that's yeah. what that panel is. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I was going to say, what is... Why does Bruce a, have a gun? Yeah, he Yeah! Alright, no, okay, that makes much more sense to me. I thought this was a lot more twisty than I anticipated. Yeah. But but the Joker,
0: you know, he knows, he knows Batman's M.O. He's like, he won't even do it.
1: And then, uh, in perfect timing, uh, death comes knocking. Yeah. Uh, pain <laughs> in the chest! fucking heart attack Joker has a heart attack and dies which I think is a fun little irony
0: because
1: earlier
0: in the the issue they were talking about how Bruce Wayne has a weak heart
1: that is the twist like for us all thinking oh they're just rehashing death in the family that is still not death in the family yeah it's a little cheesy
0: that the Joker has a heart attack and dies but
1: it's it's perfect what's perfect is it not cheesy that at the end of The Killing Joke, Batman decides to have a little laugh with the Joker? Yeah, it's cheesy, but that doesn't make it less dark. Right. Ah, yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, it's it can be cheesy and still be
1: brilliant. It'll the still fact be that, good. did you ever, uh, how many times have you seen, has the Joker looked down the barrel of a gun and on the other end of it is Bruce Wayne? In a moment of desperation. That might cause a fucking heart attack, man.
0: I think it's just Uh, uh, you know, Joker's time is up. Bruce doesn't even need to pull the trigger because (laughs) it's his time. And I I, I really like the way this team wrote and did the Joker. The whole time I read it, like I heard. the Joker, Mark Hamill the the whole time. time. The whole time. Oh my
1: God, that laugh was so freaking there, man. That was so Mark Hamill. And that, that I cheers to because that's cheers. My favorite Batman book, actually. Like, and I say that over time. Now, from here, this is a question. I got one great, amazing... Can Neo Gotham still sway you? Yes, without the Joker. Are we going to get some new villains that I'm not familiar with? Can can they make them interesting? Can they make the story interesting? Because, you know, Dick and Bruce can't always be a part of the story. This is a Matt and Terry story. And I want more of that. I just really enjoy the fact that I jumped on a point where... They, they brought me into everything that I was very familiar with. They brought me into a comfort zone. And now I feel comfortable being released into this world that I don't know dick about. Yeah. Or remember dick about. Let's put it that way. You know what? Because I, I did join the DC Universe and I've been watching me some Batman Beyond. So I, I, I,
0: I do like the Beyond Batman. I like, like Terry Batman. I like the Gadgets. I like Neo Batman. But one of the things I really like is I like old, grizzled, retired Bruce Wayne, like it, I just, it, oh, the, very the, the much. The character is perfect. Like that is totally how he would be, and I enjoy that character. Mm-hmm. Do you know what comics I really want to read, or even even animated show oh, I like to see? Did you ever watch? I think it was a two-part movie series of of uh, Return of the Batman Rises, uh, where Batman comes out of retirement and dons the cow again, and he's fighting uh, the Dark Knight
1: Rises. You mean?
0: No, it's the Return. Or maybe it's the Return of the Dark Knight. I I I'm sorry. It's was it a DC time.
1: animated movie?
0: It, it was. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly.
1: Yeah, it's two parts. I know exactly.
0: At the very end of the it's series, it's you know, where he has like his Batman raises an army, like a police force of Batman. Yeah. Man, I want. I, I'm sure it may have already been done in a comic book. I haven't read it. I want to read that.
1: Uh, I think that was mostly based off some Frank Miller stuff. Was it?
0: Yeah. Nah, I need to catch up on that. Yeah. If,
1: if we're talking about the same story that was based off Frank Miller's Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, right on.
0: Yeah, cool. Well,
1: then I guess if it's already been done, I need to go read it. Mm, oh yeah, and if you have it with Frank Miller's Dark Knight, then um, uh.
0: uh, I've actually got I've got a couple of things by Frank Miller on Batman. One of them is a Todd McFarlane uh, joint. Really? Yeah, I'll bring it over to you sometime. I think you'd like it.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see that. That sounds like some coffee
0: table material. Definitely. Um, Except I don't want to get ruined on my coffee table, yeah,
1: right? <laughs> Isn't that the irony of like amazing comic book or coffee table comic? I want it books? to be available
0: mm-hmm. for everybody to enjoy, but just <laughs> don't fucking touch it. <laughs> yeah, just don't ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> right,
1: okay. One
0: final book to review.
1: Yes, yes. Heroes in Crisis, number six of nine. Tom King, Mitch Gerads jumping in on this one, along with Clayman and Tom Elmore. Okay. Uh, it's super confusing. You have to know DC lore for a lot of this stuff to make sense. You have to be very receptive and visually perceptive in previous issues because the art and um, positioning of every panel apparently it is extremely important. And, uh, be- um, maybe. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this is just another you have graphic. to be Batman well, to understand to know <laughs> what's going on in this book, I, I and that's that's, a, that's intentional. That's have, very we intentional. We have some
0: questions, but I like good mystery. I, I really well, enjoy good mystery.
1: Then you got your damn mystery because it wasn't Colonel Mustard. I'll tell you that much. Could have been. <laughs> uh, well, shit. You know what? It could have been. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> yeah. It could have been. It could be anybody at this point. This is still a who's who's done it. This is pretty much. If I were to wrap this up, I, I, I would stupefy this book if I tried to tell you what the hell is going on. Stupefy for me? No. <laughs>
0: uh, it's. We do get some more cryptic events. Or extremely details? cryptic. Again, was it Parley? Was it Booster? Who who done killed all these people? So here, or we we've already seen. Harley hit Wally West over the head with the hammer.
1: Right, that's that's the how like issue guy. three was left off. And this point, through a different perspective, at a different angle, it's perceived to be Booster Gold coming in to do the the Wally West murderizing. Yeah,
0: I think because that was the outside, and now we have the inside. Uh, I don't know, but, but we also have Harley walking. At this, in this point, being two thirds through,
1: knowing all right. So knowing what I know about Tom King and his storytelling, and where I feel this story is going. I have a feeling that all of this killing and everything is all. This is I. I even be so bold as to say potential spoilers. I think this is all just part of the virtual reality thing. I don't think none of these math hackers are dead. Uh, the way this is all being told, I think this is all in the virtual reality room here. I, I, I just there's so you much between
0: Batman and the Flash because they're tying in. In the Flash and the Batman, like these are events that have happened. We've got Red Hood right now, who who isn't even mentioned in the Heroes in Crisis, and he's visited Roy Harper's funeral or his his grave. I don't think I don't think this is simulations. I, I think these people are dead for sure. I think
1: there's a lot more that's being simulated than meets than meets the eye, though. I really do. Could there be? might? Uh, not, so, okay, maybe nothing. not not all the deaths, but I think the majority of these deaths are simulated. Uh, that's that's just my opinion, just based off of the twisty, turning, oops, you thought type of story that Tom King has yeah. been known to tell. All
0: right. So, do you mind if I roll up my tinfoil hat here and make an idiot of myself? All right. Putting putting put the tinfoil hat
1: on. What you got, man?
0: So, at the end of Flash, we at, we had that scene where like Superman's asking Batman, "Well, do you trust the Flash?" Now, Bruce wouldn't be somebody who would just blindly trust somebody. But, if he doesn't trust the Flash, I think there'd be some kind of evidence to show that maybe he could have possibly had something to do with it. Well, it didn't have to be the Flash. We've got this very symbolic uh, scene in here with Wally West, the Kid Flash, of, you know, that he's brought back to life and he has all his people, but they're not really his people. His people are still dead, right?
1: Well, the flashback has to do with uh, the uh, uh, the events that's actually a revisiting of uh, DC Rebirth
0: really right, exactly. the New
1: 52 events that's, that's a whole revisiting that's not new events coming to light that's, no, that's no, a no, flashback exactly, exactly
0: but we have him and, and he's obviously traumatized he's obviously going through some stuff it was just the way that he was holding Roy Harper and the way he was apologizing saying I'm sorry I just didn't want to be alone like Did maybe Wally West have something big to do with this? And maybe Harley, seeing him having done this, knocked him in the bunker with the hammer, because he killed Ivy. But then we've also got this part where Booster was talking about how this body is too old. So we have Harley seeing Booster shooting Wally West in this one. Maybe Booster, because Booster was outside before when Harley saw him. After she bunked. Mm-hmm. He had head, now we've got him inside. So right. maybe the way timelines unfolded, Booster came back? I don't, I don't know. I honestly
1: think they're not going to be told in a cop-out way. They're like, oh, well, this is like the whole Mandela Effect thing. You just, some people perceive things differently, and that's just going to prevent us from ever being able to rectify this story. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom King did that to us. I, I really sure. would. Now, uh, again, kind of like
0: Mr. Miracle... While I am enjoying this one issue. To issue, I'm thinking this story is probably going to be a better trade issue. Like it's, you know, he's a novelist. Absolutely. And I think that he's going to be better. Just, to pick it up. Yeah. Front to end. Yeah. And I think it'll be a more enjoyable ride. I'm still enjoying this, and man, Clay Man this is fucking art.
1: Frustrating though, because I want to know something. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've got
0: more and more questions every time, and I'm answering almost none of them. <laughs>
1: almost all of none of them. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't, like I said, I, I don't want to, There's
0: more issues to go though. Yeah,
1: and uh, you know, I want to give a shout out to Mitch Rogers for jumping on this. That cover is freaking incredible. I would like a virgin edition of that cover with no, no trade dress on it whatsoever. That's just so, a cool Harley.
0: I, I did, I did finally pull up some interviews and it is, it is Garrett's
1: uh, that's how they pronounce it. I'm telling it's Giraffe. Well, it
0: was, it was talking to him, and you didn't correct him. So either he's, like, a really patient man, or we've been saying it wrong the
1: whole time. Whatever. I'm going to call him Giraffe now, just because you did that. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's uh, that's our take. That's my take. That's Justin's take. We're two-thirds through. We don't know what
0: the fuck's going on, but... I'm
1: enjoying it. Yeah, uh, I. Uh, if you guys have any like, what your take is, because like obviously this is completely speculation, based off of the crazy bit that we have here.
0: Yes. Educate
1: us. No, I don't. Don't educate you. Don't know either. I guarantee you don't know. If you do know, then kudos. But I just I don't believe you. <laughs> but I would still like to hear what your thoughts are as far as. Yeah, yeah right, you're the word your take, whatever. I don't care. You know what yeah, I'm trying to your say. Hot takes. Yeah, whatever. Oh,
0: I felt, I felt disgusted. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs>
1: Stop it. All right. Well, I, did you have any other DC books?
0: No, man. You want to start talking about uh, of the weeks?
1: Of the weeks. Actually, no. We have something else to review.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Our good old indie review.
1: Yeah, because I guess, like I said, we do that now. People reach out to us, and it's become a trending thing that we've. I found it to be enjoyable. Been coming I'm across very some
0: excited about it.
1: Super, super awesome under the radar stuff that we're going to do everything in our power to get out to you guys. This stuff is worth reading. There's exactly. definitely an audience. There's always an audience for something. Um, uh, before we get into this, I would like to announce that the first, second creator-owned comic review we did. The Wolf and Me has officially launched page seven on Webtoons as of today. Got the All Webtoons right. notification job, this morning. So they're back in production. So look forward to that. And their bi weekly intermission comics. They said get ready for some really cool stuff because they're going to change up their formula. So okay. cool. So, yeah, just got a shout out to the, the indies, the Under the Radar guys. And with that being said, we're going to segue into this week's creator. Book of the Week. This is... White Lily! Yeah, White Lily, uh, number two. I'm actually going to go ahead and give you a little bit of a rundown on number one and two, because they gave them both to us, as one would hope, naturally, because i like to know what the hell is going on. Didn't know anything about this book. I know nothing about this book, but first let's talk about the creators. Preston Poulter, apparently he has a... uh, He adapted a a screenplay, an original screenplay. Yeah, this
0: whole comic is... Is, is adapted from the screenplay.
1: Yes, and all based off of a true story. What's this true story about, Justin?
0: Well, it's about uh, the two most uh, awarded fighter pilots uh, fighter in, pilots in the World yeah. War well, I Well, it says female. ever. It says ever.
1: Female. Yep, female. Uh, the first female flying aces. This is the true story. And it involves does this involve, exactly? Uh,
0: Lilia Litviak and Katya Budinova, who are the two highest-scoring female combat pilots in world history, which I, I, I pretty much took word
1: for word out of, out of the end of the comic. Yeah, well, you immediately get that, that feel right off the bat. The writer does a very good job. Let's talk about the creators real quick. Before we jump into this, let's give the creators a shout-out, because no creators, no book, no book, no content. No content, no happy. Preston Poulter, Laval Davis, Diana Greenhall, and the covers by Blonde. And then Troy Petri of A Larger World of Studios, uh, lettered for them. Yep. So the, the art is very, uh, I don't want to say hyper-realistic, that's not the word, uh, non-exaggerated.
0: Yeah, it's not like as
1: comic booky. So for somebody that uh, said, "Draw me a World War 2 titled comic with two female fighter pilots who are trying to prove themselves to be badasses," give me the drawing style, nailed it. No, oh, yeah, definitely. This is the exact tone. No complaints on the art at all. Absolutely not. And uh, I actually got to say after reading the end of issue 2, they Unfortunately, their their penciler passed away. He did, unfortunately. So, yeah. so we'll see how that affects them moving forward. Yeah, so. well, they're still in production. Yep. Issue number three will will happen, okay, but they're gonna press on the first two issues. Uh, he lives on through these first two issues, that's for sure. And did a great job too. Yeah. So these these two characters here, I'm gonna butcher their names if I try to say them. But so I'm not gonna. I'm gonna tiptoe around that. <laughs> uh, All right. Lilia is, is, is there... a badass. I'll just yeah.
0: say that. I mean, she's obviously a cocky, self-aware, super pilot.
1: Yes. Uh, is there is there a romantic tension I'm getting between these two? I feel like there's some sort of romantic. Katya, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, here. Well,
0: I don't think so. I think Katya is secretly in love with Lilia, but you know, have not expressed that yet. You okay. Know that the the internal dialogue correctly. is saying, you know, like, oh, I should tell her. She's not going to notice me. Blah blah blah. Okay. But, then we've got Lilia, uh, who, very in control, very, it took full agency of her sexuality, goes to her commanding officer, who she just embarrassed uh, in the flying simulations, and says, well, you know, forget this one, you don't want you to take me home, wouldn't you love just wrap your arms around my neck and, and c- control me, wouldn't that help your ego? Then you know, he's obviously really into it, he does it, and... You know, she's about ready to leave in the morning. You know, she's like, "All right, that was a good booty call. Thanks. Uh, I'm out of here." He's like, "Well, wait. Don't don't you want to stay for breakfast? You know." So he's obviously romantically interested, but you know, she's she's got badassery to do.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And there, and I think there's a little bit of a grudginess going on here because the 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 plane that she's given is just this whole clunker. No one expects anything out of. This is actually the thing that I enjoyed most about this. What she's talking about, like it doesn't look beautiful. It's not like the biplane. You know, doesn't look cool. Wooden beast. Wooden wings. Yeah. yeah. It's, and I just I, I really enjoyed how she just like owned this this mm-hmm. tank of a plane. Like it just definitely. Kind of gave me a bit of a Star Wars feel a little bit. I was like ah you just got in and that was your that was your. Your Millennium Falcon, you know, it just felt right. And I, I, I felt that chemistry between her and the plane right off the bat. That's actually something I really enjoyed. Because I didn't expect, you know, I was like, oh, I didn't think I'd like, like the plane. No, you mean, know, like, I mean, I like the plane as a character. Yeah. And, like, the plane's a character,
0: I feel. Sure. I mean, she she's nothing without the plane in the story. Right. I mean, it's supposed supposedly a very true adaptation, but, of course, embellished for comic books. Um, we don't usually go into too much on detail on these because we want you guys to read them.
1: Yeah, well, I guess the uh, the reason why you're looking at me, that, that, the part I was explaining all was in the first issue, like they established that relationship right, with gotcha, the plane. Gotcha. Right, like, That's right. You didn't. I didn't tell you to read the first issue. I mm-hmm. I they, issue. They, they do mention it. in yeah. so no, I don't, I just, I don't feel no, the like the first issue is very it. very much establishing the relationship with the plane yeah. and like the 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 uh, her becoming an underdog because this is this is what. Right, she was her tool, which is less adequate than most others. Right, right. Uh, there's, there's really nothing bad to say about this book. It definitely has a very direct audience. I think you know you gotta yeah, be definitely. you gotta be a war nut, I, I think, to enjoy this book to its fullest. But me not being a war nut, I still found something in this book that I really enjoyed, and that actually being uh, taken like, off guard by the plane. I feel like
0: I like the main characters for sure. I mean,
1: uh, oh no, so the, the dialogue is like very like Tony Starkish almost, where it's just yeah. like yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Fair comparison, I can yeah. do that. It's it's very cool, like very in charge. They know their they know what the... these girls know what the hell they want. These these women. And this is, I mean, if you're looking for, like, a female-driven book, it's actually a male creative team, too. So it's not like, you know, all the dudes out there are like, oh, I don't need girls shoving like girl books. No, this is dudes, not shoving... They're telling a tale that has already been written in history (laughs) in an amazing medium that is comic books.
0: Like, yeah.
1: So... Yeah, and the art is awesome. I'm anxious to see what happens in number three for a lot of reasons, one being how the art changes, mm-hmm. uh, because I really feel like the art is so set with this. I mean, I'm sure they could find an artist to, to I don't want to say copy, but mimic the style so it's and an the honor. tone. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just feel like the art really gives the proper tone to this whole story.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad I actually read this one. I don't think it's something that I would have picked up had I just seen it on the shelf. But I enjoyed this. Um,
1: I, I I really did. I had nothing
0: bad to say at all.
1: Pocket Jack Comics, and there is a White Lily movie in the works, hence the screenplay. Oh, so go to Kickstarter. I missed that. You did and there are um, uh, more chapters in the works. Obviously, number three is going to be crowdfunded, so we'll we'll drop all the links and descriptions and all that. So and this is going to be today. a
0: five-part series, right? Yes. Okay. This
1: is the part two of five. Yeah, I'm on board. Uh, my recommendation is yes. This is not a waste of time. Once again another creative own book. Mm-hmm. Is this book for everybody? Absolutely not. It doesn't but, have any magic or superpowers. But can it appeal it to somebody that you may not think it would appeal to? I'm living proof. Yeah. Definitely. So, but I do just because I feeling generous. They these Pocket Jacks does have another uh, title out that I just want to throw think out better, there. Right? Yes. Yeah, so, Guinevere, the Divinity... Divinity there, there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Guinevere and the Divinity Factory. Yeah. Another five-part series going on. Yeah. Uh, you I had not send it. me this one, so I haven't read it, but I mean, just...
1: I thumbed through it, and yeah. it, it looked... It, yeah, you, you, you kind of just scrolled a lot of, through it in front of me. I do like, oh,
0: this, this, this definitely looks up like my alley. Same yeah. writer? Uh, we, uh, Read this one.
1: Um, I, I'm not going to go ahead and give a, a full-blown in-depth... Whatever is going on here, but just flipping through, I could tell you this is uh, much more magical and mystic and weird. Uh, there's uh, I think there's a niche out there for the possibly perverted on account of the sexuality that's driven out there, and not in an overly pervasive way either. So it's well balanced from what I saw. Ah, uh, the, the the colors are just fantastic. Yeah, that glowing green. Ah, oh, I like um, that. I can't stress the sexuality in this book enough. Without it, it's yeah, not, it's not I mean you have got some scandalous outfits
0: on here. And lack thereof. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't didn't catch that. Oh yeah, you got the two topless girls. Huh? Okay. Yeah.
1: And oh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, there's definitely some mysticism's going on here. That looks like a xenomorph. It's not. But I like it. <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't know what to say about this book, because uh, I don't want to, I mean, yeah, now, I don't want to give it an unfair review, Right. but from my my point of view, what I like if I were to just flip through a comic and read a few random panels, I get the feeling I'm going to really enjoy this, and there's a good possibility we will be giving this a fair review, so... Neat. Neato indeed, and I'm definitely going to send you the, the, the copy. I appreciate yeah. that, yeah. Show. So, we'll Let's talk about them. So, with that being said, Pocket Jacks Comics, Mr. Poulter, your amazing crew—you have impressed. Cheers to comics! We give a full thumbs up on everything you do. You clearly have a variety of style. Yeah. Because this is very, very different from. Oh what yeah, in. yeah.
0: Black and white.
1: And I, I like the fact that you—I mean, you're 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 a completely diverse creator. Uh, you you have this. Like, I'm going to do this Russian World War II female fire pilot story that I think everybody needs to know and no one appreciates, and I'm going to, you know, deliver that through a new medium. Meanwhile, I can create some Doctor Strange-esque BDS type of good stuff. Something, yeah. Yeah. Uh, once again, I'm that, I would not give Guinevere the Divinity Factory. That was not my full review, fair review. That was just from the blink of an eye. I like it. So but yes. This this whole team, Pocket Jacks Comics, Mr. Poulter, good job. And to that, keep making comics. We look forward to issue three and issue four and issue five and all of your other future issues. <laughs> and the the possibly even a movie. Shit. Hey, yeah, cool. I mean Well like I said, we'll post the, the all the links to the Kickstarters and how you guys could help out and where you guys can get this stuff yourself. So yeah. yeah. Cheers, uh, guys. Cheers. That about wraps it up for the overview portion of what we read last week. Now let's get into the, the the visually shiny stuff. Let's get into wall books, huh? And this is all the stuff that I buy, not necessarily for the story, but for the cover. And this week, this week was, it makes up for the the lack of the last couple of weeks, because mm-hmm. it, it was, the wall's going to get heavy. It's going to get saggy, I'm going to have to take some stuff down, I think. Because lots of stuff's going up. Let's start out with Martian Manhunter, number three, the Joshua Middleton variant. Ooh, that cover. Oh, man, if you like green, you're going to love that. It's just, it's so subtle. He's doing his pencil style there. He's like, like I said, Joshua Miller has a m- million styles.
0: Yep, I mean, it, yeah. he, he does great, for sure. He does.
1: I like that a lot. He does. Uh, another DC... We've got Batgirl number 32 by Derek Chu. That's just a, that's a cool cover.
0: It's
1: cool. It's very cool. It's poppy. It's very poppy. Very dynamic. Yes. Uh, This is a super hot book. Wonder Woman 65 by Art Germ. Art Germ, killing it. Indeed. And Spawn put out two variants. Spawn seems to put out three books every issue, and I end up, the variant are is really so good. I end up getting them at all. Uh, the the first one... You. So it's fun, 294. I went and got the black and white variant with the oh, Violator. Yeah. The, the I, McFarlane I, cover. I bet a lot. And then we've got another... Hmm, I don't know how to express this. We got another McFarlane-Matina variant of the same book, but different cover. Okay. Yeah. And I'm gonna go ahead and say right now that book, that cover is winning cover of the year for me as it stands. Ooh, that's
0: high praise, man.
1: That's uh, that's my favorite color that I've cover that I've seen so that, far this year. And Latina is, is holding it.
0: That is a pretty dope cover. But I have a
1: feeling that the next issue of Spawn is gonna trump that based off the solicitations. Oh yeah. Yeah. But right as of right now, two ninety four of Spawn holds it. Until 295 comes right, out. Right. Remember that, guys. We'll, we'll have to hold him. So those are my covers of the week. Why I want to toss out some honorable mentions. There was a bunch this week. Just so stuff that, you know, kind of had to trim the fat a little bit. Stuff I wasn't sure that there was enough room to talk about. Doesn't mean it wasn't good enough. Didn't make the cut. That's just we couldn't necessarily, I couldn't necessarily find the talking points. One of them I'm kind of disappointed made the list is uh, Age of X-Men Extremists. This was the one of the five that I was most anticipating. Turns out this was kind of... just seemed like a lot more filler of stuff that I already knew. Just told in a different perspective. Not necessarily bad. I just overhyped it in my own head. Fair. So Fair I, And I couldn't figure out what to talk about.
0: Yeah, okay. I can see that.
1: Uh, Marvel Comics Presents, number two. I just... It was... You know, it's mini-stories. You know, it's old mini-stories. What are you going to say? Yeah. It's good. Just, I don't know what to talk about. This one was uh, featuring Wolverine, Mr. Fantastic, and Gorilla man. Savage Sword of Conan, number two. This book confirms that I have a flavor of Conan, and this one kind of went in the direction that yeah. I was afraid it was going to go originally. Sure. It, it kind of proved my original bias of Conan correctly. Not that it was bad, it's just I don't think I have enough... I uh, thought I had enough room for two Conans. I I, I need my Jason Aaron Conan. I enjoyed this one. And it's got like the nifty little novella uh, chapter in it too. So they're, they're trying to tell two stories in one. Yeah. Like I said, it wasn't bad. It was just like I don't know what to say. It's Conan the Barbarian story. Yeah, so, fair yeah. enough. Um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers... uh, You know, it's just I don't know this team. I think the only reason why... I keep reading it. The only reason why I'm still buying in is because I'm waiting for the tie-in again. I think there's going to be like a a White Ranger tie-in. I think they're going to bring him back soon for another crossover event. Okay. So I'm just kind of... I'm already invested since issue 25. So even though I'm not necessarily always finding great talking points and I'm not familiar with this team, I think I just... Subconsciously I want to make sure I always have the books on hand right. and accessible for when I gotta cross reference stuff.
0: Are you but enjoying the read though? Yeah, no,
1: it's great. I mean it's a it's a Power Rangers book. It's yeah, it's, I don't know these Power Rangers. Right. Do beyond my time. It's not go go Power Rangers, that's for sure. Uh, Hellboy and the B P R D, nineteen fifty six, part four of four, I believe this is over now. Four-part miniseries started out strong. I just don't know where they were going from there. I didn't like the villain they chose. I don't know this little Russian girl. Mm -hmm. So, once again, I just don't know if I could do it any justice by um, talking about something that I feel extremely ignorant about. They would have had a different character as a villain or a different way they did this, possibly. There just wasn't enough Hellboy in it for me. And it's a Hellboy book. And once again... Went in with high hopes, like, oh, I'm going to jump on a Hellboy book, and it's a number one, it's a four-part miniseries, maybe it'll give me something, and it's going to look like it was going to give me something, and it just kind of turned into a different story. Yeah, because of
0: that on you? Yeah. Uh,
1: Aliens Resistance, number two. I'm going to read this, I just need to read number one first. Anything aliens I'm all about. And you're a xenomorph addict. I am a xenomorph addict. So Dark Horse Comics doing the thing! I just, ugh, I'm so much to read this week. I didn't get around to it, but I'm gonna, pro- I'm gonna probably read issue number one, and this particular issue number two tomorrow. Okay. The Realm by Image. So we got the third story arc now. I feel like they're doing just like five part story arcs. According to math, we're on issue 11 yeah, now. So I mean, I think like there's
0: an overall arc. Like I mean, I have this little yeah. cut-ups of it.
1: Yeah. Um, unfortunately, because this book comes out so rarely, I just can't find myself remembering the characters enough to once again feel adequately... or feel adequate enough to talk about this book without feeling like a freaking idiot. <laughs>
0: I mean, I read the first ten in two volumes of Trades, and I really enjoyed it.
1: And that's the thing, is this this book is a trade book.
0: You feel that way. Yeah, I, I read the first... Maybe the next issue will change my mind. I re-
1: well, I remember reading the first volume in Trade, and I was like, What? This is... Oh, my... This is great. I remember meeting Jeremy Holland, and I was like, This is so good, man. I don't... You got you got gold on you. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh, yeah, you know, three more months. Issue number six comes out. And I'm like, Oh, I can't wait. Then issue six came out, and I was like, oh shit, what happened and everything? Yeah. Because it was yeah. just. And then, like, five weeks later, issue seven came out.
0: Strider, and it's not produced,
1: yeah. good, but it's a trade book, is what it is. Cause I I it, it that way? It, yeah, I mean, the, the art
0: I, is great, the story is good, I like the world, I like the setting. The character
1: designs phenomenal. hmm. And, Definitely. yeah. Uh, no, and. Uh, Jeremy Hahn and Nick Flerdi and Thomas Mauer do an amazing job with the art.
0: Definitely one to look into if 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 you
1: like fantasy post-apocalyptic kind of stories. It's definitely a fantasy book. And then uh, also Spawn itself. I, I am a couple issues behind now. I feel like it's every time I get caught up, I like get cocky and fall an issue behind again. Yeah. It happens. So apparently this it is happens. a key issue. There's like a New uh, Violator or something like that? Like a new beefier Violator or something? I'm not totally sure. If I read it, I'd be able to tell you. But it makes the list of stuff that's worth reading. That's for sure. So, with all of that being said, what was your favorite stuff this week? What was your favorite cover?
0: Alex Ross, Captain America. Yeah?
1: Yeah. That was a good one. I don't blame you. Mine was, I mean, pretty obvious. Spawned, the Matina version. Sure, Mm sure and Tina McFarlane, Virgin. Fair. Um what's your favorite Gizzards? What's your favorite insides?
0: Uh, I'd actually have to give it to Batman Beyond.
1: Just That's that would have been my second. My my first is uh um Shazam. Shazam. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah it's Al- it's Alex enjoyed. Alex Sinclair's colors just destroyed everything. If if there was no Shazam this week or if, even if there was no Alex Sinclair, not to take away from Eaglesham's pencils, but Alex Sinclair's colors, it's just, that's, that's why I like art, mm-hmm. is that type of vibrancy. Definitely. That's what always drawn me to art. So when you can do that, it was just, oh.
0: Yeah, my second would have to be Heroes in Crisis. So, yeah, you know, I'm just. Gerard's, um, man, I'm, and
1: Clay man, yeah. Both of them teaming up. Like, no, Definitely. that's amazing interiors. Amazing. Uh, what was your favorite story this week? Your favorite overall? Your favorite, yeah. Beyond. Yeah. yeah. I got to agree with you there. It was just, it was, it was the clear, surefire winner, man. It was had. I opened
0: it up with expectations
1: of what I wanted, and it just delivered. Yeah,
0: we went above it. that. Yeah.
1: yeah, above and beyond. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I get it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Damn, we're gonna have to come up with another tagline with the Batman Beyond thing again. <laughs> but I think I can figure it out. This book is so good. I'm so glad you got me hyped on this, man. I've jumped on an issue 25. 25 through 29 has been amazing. We're going to get, a, I'm assuming, a Joker type of funeral on the next issue. Could be. so excited for it. Jurgens is doing an awesome, awesome job. Uh, agreed. I can actually say at this point in time, with that conclusion... Now, this isn't set in stone, because, it, like I said, I gotta know what more Batman Beyond's gonna go for for here. Sure. But right now, Batman Beyond is my favorite DC title. Ooh! Uh, it's it's just, that was, I like learning new stuff and so making these new characters interesting to me. You know, Terry McGinnis isn't new to me. Like I said, it's just all forgotten on account of the, the bonk on the head and forgot some random shit. I've been. I did subscribe to the DC universe, so I can go back. As soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh shit! Sure, I got Batman Beyond on here on demand." Yep, this is this is worth it. One of
0: the greatest, you know, superhero uh, animated film or animated yeah. series ever made. It's, it's,
1: it's amazing. Yeah, everything DC animated. Ninety nine percent of DC. Yeah. Animated oh man, ships. so good. There's- it's amazing. That's where they thrive is in the cartoon universe, for sure. 2. Um. Yeah, no, agreed. Batman Beyond. Well, cheers to that, dude. We agreed on something. Alright. Oh, yeah. Uh, what else? So, well, shit, we got to talk about what's coming out next week, yeah?
0: Yeah, how much we got?
1: Well, uh, I, actually, I believe it's a little bit lighter. A little bit lighter. For everybody but
0: Marvel, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, Batman 66, Tom King's back. Uh, Jorge Fornes was drawing this one. I kind of want to see what's up with the Batman cover. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, well Midtown's, Midtown's limiting people one per customer on the variant on that, so. Uh, hot book, possibly? Possibly. Yeah. Deathstroke number 41. I feel like that book's taking a long break. Christopher Priest, Larry Stroman, and Jason Paz. Another book that Midtown's limiting one per. And that's not on the variant. That's on cover A. So, who's doing that one? That's a cool cover. Tyler Kirkman? Huh. Wow. Oh, what do you know? Doomsday Clock, number nine, Jeff Jones and Gary Frank. So, Doomsday Clock didn't get canceled, guys. It's just freaking been two months. We didn't <laughs> trade. You're never going to remember it. I, I'm waiting. <laughs> uh, Female Fury, Cecil Castellucci and Adriana, Adriana Mello. Mello. Right on. So now that I know who Big Bart is, this book makes a little more sense to me. Yeah, cool. Mister Miracle did do something good for me. Yay! Besides confuse the hell out of oh, me. Look, another Heroes in Crisis tie-in. This time with
0: Green Arrow, written by what? Colin Kelly and Jackson Landing.
1: Oh shit!
0: Uh, and Bobby Fernandez. Oh, oh,
1: I'm gonna have to pay full price for it. But it's number fifty. So milestone book. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, oh, ah. Green Lantern, Green Lantern baby, Grant Morrison, Liam Sharp. One of my favorite team ups in comics: Harley Quinn, Sam Humphries, and Saurabh Basari. Are you doing the Harley Quinn thing?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna look into it.
1: Undecided. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. I'm just we'll see if it's my book to talk about.
1: Well, I can uh, tell you that we'll be giving away something Harley Quinnish next week. Cool. That's a dope cover. It is. Um, ba 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 da ba Team Titans number twenty. Uh, oh wait, no, I did that wrong. Suicide Squad, my bad. Black Files number five. I think this is a five or six part series. Uh, Mike W. Barr and Jai Nitz. Yeah. So, uh yeah, I've actually heard decent things about this little Suicide Squad mini. Cool. There's also a oh shit. There's a Justice League book again. Man, I feel like we're talking about Justice League a lot. Number 19, Scott Snyder, Jorge Jimenez, and uh, missed this one. Rob Liefeld's got a cover. (laughs) Uh, Don't expect to see any feet. (laughs) I don't see very many pockets. Yeah, there's no pouches. (laughs) I didn't know there was a Liefeld Justice League cover. I'm going to have to pick that up just for nostalgia's sake. Hmm. What are you going to do? That's the DC books. There. Uh, well, there's a Dreaming number seven.
0: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. you're Simon reading Dreaming. Simon Furrier yeah, and right. Bill Quess, Yeah,
1: part of the whole Sandman stuff. I'm reading it. We'll see if I can break Comprehend it down in detail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more Red Sonia number two. Max Russell and Mirko Kolak. So that's the thing now. Uh, Six Million Dollar Man for... Oh, by the way, that's all by Dynamite. This is also by Dynamite. Six Million Dollar Man, number one. Oh, man, Christopher Hastings and David Hahn for the for the nostalgic folk out there. Uh, moving on to IDW for the little girls or anybody else that's into it.
0: G.I. <laughs> uh, or My Little Pony.
1: friendship is magic number 75 I do actually I've heard good things about this book for people that would be into this book I mean there's 75 issues in so probably not terrible derp 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 image cemetery beach number 7 wrapped up this will be the final one so I'm going to binge the last four issues now hopefully I have some content for you Warren Ellis and Jason Howard so I'm curious to see how a Warren Ellis romp goes out We've also got Die, number four, Kieran Gillen, and Stephanie Hans. Yeah, and I hear Kieran Gillen's going to do some pretty cool stuff here pretty soon. Uh, I think that's a news topic for another day. Surprise. Yeah. Surprise. Nice. Oh, uh, man, I forgot. There was something really cool I wanted to surprise you with. Uh, yep, another one. Uh, Paper Girls, number 26, Brian K. Vaughn. And Cliff Chang. So, so, this book ended like four months ago on issue 25, as soon as I picked it up. Of course, didn't read any <laughs> of it, because I was like, oh, I'm going to curse it, it's never going to come back. Came back at issue 26, it's a few months break. later. So, I'm going to pick up now, it's a new story arc, hopefully they give me enough, hopefully it's a good jumping on point, but I will be letting you know, because it is added to my playlist. Uh, I did read the first five, and I enjoyed it, so I, I, oh, I, did
0: you? I got some catching up to do.
1: Okay, cool. Right on. Well, I'm just going to start with 26. Uh, self Made, number four. Matt Groom, Eduardo Ferraghetto, and Marcelo Costa. Are you reading Self Made? I am reading Self Made. I right? thought so. And I will tell you more about it next next week. Oh, good. I remember enjoying what you were telling me about Self Made, if I remember correctly.
0: But, AI video game chick. Yeah. yeah.
1: The Walking Dead, 189, Robert Kirkman, Charlie Edford, and a few others. Um, not reading it, collecting it, because I'm hoping one day, deep down, I'm going to have a time to read a hundred and, probably by the time I get around it, 250 issues all at once, and catch up. Uh take a break already, would you? <laughs> like a two-year break? Give me some time. Sorry. Not going to happen. No. Nope, nope. All right, moving on to Marvel. Age of X-Men Prisoner X number one. Didn't mean to sing that to you, Sorry. Vida Alea in German Peralta. Uh, hopefully, I'm able to give you a little bit of insight on this one. Oh, man. All right, so we got this... Uh, hmm, how do I explain this? Yeah. This weird mini tie-in. Kind of like how they did with the the monsters unleashed. Like, they took a couple books and they gave it, like, a 16-point something to tie it into something without, like, renumbering it. So we're getting that with the Amazing Spider-Man, number 16.hu, and shame on me, I don't know. Ah, <laughs> oh, shoot, it ties into something, but I forget what the H.U. is. We'll let you know. Oh, it's the hunted tie-in. Okay. And it Black Cat on the cover. Alright, so that's weird how they did that numbering. Now I'm confused. Darn you, Marvel. Avengers No Road Home, number 4, LUing and Sean Izanski, along with Al Ewing's co-writing team. Still reading that. Can't stop. Won't stop. Uh-uh. Champions, number three. Are you reading Champions?
0: Uh, I I have been. We'll see if I continue to.
1: Okay. Well, Jim Zub and Stephen Cummings. Just don't think I have enough room for another kitty kitty book. Oh, shuck. So I'm it. Avengers, number 16. Jason Aaron and David Marquez. Mmm. I mm, got at that cover. Mm, some blade. Mm, <laughs> some blade. We're going to get more vampire killing. Yes, he is. Turn in the Barbarian. More Jason Aaron. Number four, Gerardo Zafino. Let me try that again. zapino Um, arting this one. I, this is a book that... Oh, that cover. That's a good cover. Oh, I man. like that. I like it a lot. So this is a book that's just, like, jumping around in the storyline of... Conan. Cool. It's not a non you know, linear. I'm, I'm enjoying these little one shots. I'm loving Conan the Barbarian. I've already expressed my Conan stuff. Yes. Cosmic busy. Ghost Rider Destroys
0: Marvel History. This is my mind. book of the week. It's not Donnie Case writing it. No,
1: it? it's not. It's Paul Shear, Nick Giovanetti. There we go. And Gerardo Sandoval. So this is a book that a lot of people got all butt hurt about they're Like, yeah, hey, it's because they announced it right after Stanley died. They're like, yeah, hey, everything Stan Lee did, you guys are killing. They're like, dude, it's a fucking story. Like, it's, it's just a little fun little comic. Yeah, it's not like, like it's it's canon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Marvel's just gonna end it like this. This yeah. is it. Yep, everything. Shut is, them down. Co- guys. Cosmicbooknews.com was right. This is how they're ending it. Let's take our money and run. <laughs> yeah. Fucking stupid. No, I am so excited for this book. I love anything cosmic ghostwriter, and I'm curious to see without Donny Cates writing it, can he be as interesting? Can he ma- still make him sound like fucking Bill Burr? I don't know. We'll find out. There's a bunch of covers for it, though. I'm just getting the one. Mm, Deadpool number 10, Scotty Young, and this time uh, Scott, Hepburn. Scott Hepburn, not Nick Klein. So it has been announced. Deadpool is ending at issue 15, not rebooting, ending with Scott Young and Nick Klein. They've got secret cool, apparently they've got cooler stuff than Deadpool to do hmm. together. Cool. So, that's been an amazing team, because Nick Klein is kind of like one of my top five favorite Marvel artists, because that dude's just got freaking chops, man, like, oh. He's so good, and Scotty Young and Deadpool like that's the that's the fucking team right there. But um, so we're gonna get like five or six more issues of Deadpool, and it's all we're gonna get a new team. I asked Nick on the Twitters, and he was so kind as to respond with, uh, "I can't tell you." <laughs> Ooh,
0: there you go, guys. You heard it here
1: first. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Domino Hot Shots number one. Gail Simone, David Baldwin. Yeah, so I don't. I think this is a miniseries. I'm not sure. Could be an ongoing. I just don't know what they're doing with Domino. Because Domino and Gail Simone already had a thing and then they ended it. So I don't. I'm confused, but I'm going to read it because the character of Domino herself. So cool. uh, Yeah, very intriguing. Very, very intriguing. And Immortal Hulk, number 14, Al Ewing and Kyle Hulk, You guys just might as well start ordering two of every Immortal Hulk book now because they're clearly, like, all becoming worth a buttload of money. Issue 2 has is now jumped up to, like, being sold for up to $60 a copy on its own. Uh, wow. Uh, that's just Issue 2, First Appearance. Is some, I forgot the guy's name, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And, well, and at the same time, I mean, you're going to want to get one for the wall. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's still doing... You know, immortal Hulk and Captain America, the dude... Oh, that's a lot of painting, man. It's a lot of painting. Meet the Scrolls, number one. Robbie Thompson and Nico Henrikken. I'm not sure how necessary this book is, but at the same time, I have faith that there's got to be at least some sort of very interesting, intriguing... Uh, weight that comes out of the story, otherwise Marvel wouldn't put it out. Well, I mean, besides, so I, wouldn't, I sure. wouldn't
0: like to think that we've com- got Captain Marvel movie coming out at the end of this week. Right. Scrolls like, yeah, uh, this of course, they are going to it out.
1: This has an interesting take. This is a day in the life of a family of scrolls, just trying to be scrolls. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it kind of reminds me of like Tom King's Vision, but like a spoof on it almost. That's what it reminds me of. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there's that do ba do doo uh, A bunch of Star Wars stuff. Uncanny X-Men be back. Number 13, Matthew Rosenberg and Salvador La Raca. Uh God darn right I'm reading Uncanny X-Men. Notice how many times I'm not fucking cussing? <laughs> uh, what else? I know there's some independents that... Oh, I hear A Walk Through Hell's really great. Birth, Ennis and Goron I can't... Um, one I'm bummed about, just the name of that sounds cool, I've heard nothing but good things about that, that is done by Action Lab, Aftershock, Aftershock Comics, so maybe once a trade comes out, jump on that, Blossom666, number two, Colin Bunn and Lauren Barga, that ties into the Archie world, uh, the first issue is very well reviewed, you can find a pretty good review on Outright Geekery. Uh Yeah, if you want to know what the hell's going on with that. They dig their indie reviews. Zombie Trap 57, Dan Mendoza, Vince Hernandez, and Winston Young. Dan Mendoza worked on an indie book that we talked about last week. Um, Lords of the Cosmos. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Zombie Tramp ain't no joke. You know, only issue 57 now of their second volume. So Lords of the Cosmos is another book that we talked about, reviewed, and yep. praised... So, yeah, no, they they know what the hell they're doing. doop a doop doo uh, Fortnite. I just gotta say it, because it sounds cool. Yeah. No clue what that could be about. <laughs> Remy, Isu, Moktar. Butchered it, sorry. Chris Cosby, Remy, Isu, Moktar. Not even on the second try. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, I just have to mention it, because, you know, yeah. And Keen Spot is actually... Um, I gave you that, what was the, the, the video game girl book that I gave you? It's the same publisher. Yeah, yeah. That's the same producer, so I would God have to, God, God go. Mode, yeah. yeah. I would have to expect, expect, that it has a Fortnite would only, I mean, especially with that title, would have that same type of rompy feeling. Sure, I'm sure. thinking Keem Spot's all about the fun video game type of, I think they got a genre going yeah. on here. Yeah, cool. Don't know anything about them. Do but what you should, know. Yeah, do what you know. Um... Maybe I'll surprise you with a copy of Fortnite, like I do. Oh, goody! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tank Girl. Oh man, Tank Girl's been rebooted recently. They're on the third volume. We're only at number three. Might have to check it out. Titan Comics. Alan Martin and Brett Parson. That's Brett, not Bart, right? Yeah, Brett. Brett. Brett Parson. So yeah, I might have to check out some Tank Girl. But that's all that I found. Uh, hypeable, hype worthy. Not necessarily not hype worthy, but you get what the fuck I'm saying. Stuff that I'm personally excited about, Justin's personally excited about. Stuff that's on our poll list. You're probably gonna hear us talk about. Yeah, or just stuff that needs an audience. Yeah, really good. That's not us that we know exists. So, that's that's the gist of it all. So, with all that being said, I'm gonna talk about some stuff we're giving away. Feeling generous. We're, we're climbing up the ladder as far as Twitter followers and all of that stuff. Uh, then We're almost to that 100 mark. We're ready to give away that Chuck Palahniuk book. Mention that. Uh, but the latest giveaway involves two of what you thought were my wall books. No, they're going to be your wall books. Well, we're going to do the Derek Chu and Wonder Woman by Art Germ. I'm going to send them both out to you. What do I got to do to get these books? Well, I'll tell you, Justin. <laughs> Man, that's a really good impersonation. <laughs> wow, I didn't even feel my mouth move. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a ventriloquist. Man. So it's pretty simple. Uh, we we host through a site called Bodbean. I chose that because it's easiest for me to track their stats, and I like I'm a numbers whore, number junkie. So in order to do so, all you got to do, all you got to do to win both of these books, is very simple. You go to Podbean. You use your Facebook account. You download the uh, Podbean app, simple. You got a small app, and you're able to listen to us and many other podcasts. On top of that, this is not a Podbean plug. Just telling you how you win these books. Calm down, Justin. No, oh, sorry, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, by the way, you're disqualified. You can't win. Uh, oh, so yeah, carry on. Just follow us. All you got to do is follow us. That way, you automatically get our downloads and go to episode 19 of the podcast, which was our last produced full episode, and comment with your Twitter handle. Or, at this point, you can even comment on episode 20. Just comment on a current episode with your Twitter handle. I'll know what you mean. Wink, wink. And that'll automatically enter you into the drawing. Once we get to, just 25, we're not far away, just 25 Podbean followers. We're new, don't judge us. I'm gonna give this shit away. Randomly draw one of your guys' names, and you'll be the proud owner of two spectacularly graded Uh... Comic books. books. Comic books, yes. So, that's how you do that. We like giving stuff away. Or, I'm in the spirit of giving. I don't care. I don't... Yeah, I just... I want everybody to enjoy this stuff as much as I do, and... Yeah, man. That's just... uh, Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff to hang. And no, I'm not shorting myself. I bought two of each book. I'm not stupid. They're going on my wall, too. (laughs) Um... Yeah, No. Uh, with that being said, do you have any other final thoughts to throw down? No, we've covered everything. Cool, man. Well, you guys know where to find us. Obviously, Podbean would be my favorite place, but Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, um, YouTube, if you like thumbnails and bookmarks as to what we're talking about. And, uh, yeah, find us on Twitter, all that questions. All you indie creators out there, do not stop sending us stuff. We enjoy it. We technically reviewed three books this week by the same creator just because generosity, man. Yeah, got it. Yeah, I liked it. If I don't like it, I'm not going to shit on it. Yeah, I mean, we
0: just generally just don't talk about things we don't like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you a pass if we don't like it. We'll tell you a pass, sorry. So,
0: everyone, until next week, speak responsibly.
1: Yes, and uh, read responsibly, because that's what I said. Cheers, man. Cheers. So what